Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. It just means you guys are getting really good at mechanics and you know every part of the bird inside and out. Yes. Whether I want to or not. <laughs> Alright, cool. Let's get started. We're getting late, so. Alright. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. Hi, I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. And we got Chris on the show. What's going on? This week's episode is Buying Used Helis, episode 25. So how's everyone's week been? Busy, again. Good, busy. Busy's good. So, uh, Chris, we haven't had you on the show in a while. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, so I don't know where I left. I think the last episode I was on, I was just... I had ordered the Logo 690, and I think it was getting delivered the next day. So I, I got that. The thing's awesome. I did the unboxing video, the build video, and the maiden video. Mm-hmm. Since then, in the last, what, two weeks I've had it, I've put 19 flights on it already. Wow. Um, Damn. I, fin- I finished up my testing of the VTX 477 blades on the Logo 480. Uh, those blades are phenomenal. The guys who fly the Logo 480 are going to love those blades. Yeah. Um, still can't talk much about them, but they – incredible night and day um, i flew three beta test blades uh-huh. um, found a set i really liked and we compared it to the other seven pilots flying them i think we found a blade that's going to go to market I- immediately putting them on the helicopter after flying the edge blades huge difference so i think people are really going to be happy with those and now um, this month june they're going to release the new vtx 697s and the 717s so right now they just sent me a set of 697s I've been flying those since Saturday on my Logo 690. Huge difference. I did one flight with the Rototex, immediately mm-hmm. swapped them, put on the VTX. Huge difference. I don't know if I sent you guys a video, but the collective and the cyclic, just night and day. Really? Um, so those 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 yeah. are going to be cool. And right now, for anybody listening, if you're a helicopter guy, go to the VTX Blades uh, Facebook page. If you like the photo, once they get up to, I think it was 300 likes, they're going to give away two sets. Um, they're they're going to give away a set of 697s and a set of 717s once they hit the 300s mark. So check them out, guys. Wow. Um, really cool blades. Uh, what else have I done? Logo 480. So after the uh, VTX left me, I, now that I'm keeping the helicopter because I bought it used, and we'll talk about that in today's episode, mm-hmm. um, wanted to make it kind of my own. It didn't have any of my sponsored uh, electronics in it. So it now has a brand new fresh set of MKS high voltage servos, and I also switched the ESC out for the Castle Light 100 so that I could use the v, uh, Mikado VGov on it. So that that's all been redone. I put I think 12 flights on it in the last couple of days. So that thing's flying awesome. Let's see. Got out with my dad and Kyle a lot. I flew Saturday, Sunday, and Monday over this holiday weekend. Um, almost six six flights every day. Oh, what else? What else? You stink. Oh. I'm sorry. I got to get him in when I can. I hear you, man. Our new Geo Textile Runway's done. I know a bunch of you guys have seen that. Being a helicopter doesn't do much for me. Well, my dad brought out his uh, Park Zone Inversa, and I flew that yesterday. I got the takeoff, taxi, land. I'm like, man, this is this is really nice having a runway. So right. I told you, I told you guys last night. I bit the bullet and I bought a brand new Twisted Hobbies Velocity. With all the bells and whistles, I bought the the kit. Mm-hmm. I bought the electronics combo, the highest you know combo they have for that with a with the special servos and, and the motor and the ESC. And I even went as far as buying a new uh, Mikado V-Bar Neo Flybarless unit. 
which has V-plane uh, software in it. So that's, that's going to have like self-leveling for knife edge and expo and all the cool cool things you can do with a V-plane. Oh, cool. Nice. You got to let us know how that goes. I'm curious how the, the V-plane software or firmware works on the end, the Neils and, and airplanes. It's, yeah, it's fun. I had, I had it in a sport club that I sold Anthony, and I played with the different banks for like self-leveling and gyro. Really couldn't play with it because where it really stands out is when you have a plane that can fly knife edge because you can lock it in knife edge and just fly full rudder and it'll just do rudder rudder loops. It'll stay knife edge the whole time until you switch out of that bank. So it's really, really cool technology. I haven't really even touched the surface of it. Uh-huh. So I'll definitely let, let you guys know how that goes. Dude, you're going to like that. that. The combo, the ESC motor combo is great for those. Yeah. Those one, planes, one of the older guys in our club built it. I didn't realize how big it was until he brought it to a meeting. That's a good size plane. That's almost like a, a 40 size balsa plane. It's 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 a good size. I think it's 43 inch wingspan. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I went through my whole heli fleet. Everything's flying solid. Um, I've got my logo 480, 550, and 690. I've got my Trek edition. So I finally have a stable heli fleet that's upgraded, flying perfect. So really now I'm just going to focus on the velocity. So I'm really excited about that. Um, haven't built a kit. Man, I think it was two seasons ago I built the Bloody Wonder. Like, I've bought the Park Zone Extra 300. I bought the Park Zone Super Cub. But I really haven't had my hands in a kit for almost two seasons. So that that should be nice getting back on the bench and getting back to my, my roots. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. And then uh, lastly, you guys saw the pictures on our Facebook page. My Canamod canopy showed up for the Logo 480 today. So that thing is done. Everything's all matching MKS servos. I've got the new blades. Nice. And, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, it looks yeah, good, looks man. Good. Yeah. So that's my few weeks in a nutshell. A lot of lot of flying, a lot of upgrading, and just kind of just put, putting a finishing touch on all my fleet. So now, when I have my free time, just charge and fly, charge and fly. No, no downtime. I'm curious, how far is the field from your house? Uh, do you guys really want to know that answer, honestly? In steps, you measure in steps, <laughs> right? In inches. <laughs> I I timed it the other day because someone was busting my balls at the field, and. Uh, from my driveway, when I hit my stopwatch, from my driveway to the driveway at the field, four minutes. Oh, five, mi- five minutes if I have to stop for cars at the two intersections I have to pass. Did you wow. buy the house like knowing that the field is that close? Like on purpose, like, all right, we got to look in this three-mile radius <laughs> from the field. I knew kind of where I wanted to live. I've, I've been a club member for close to 20 years. Right. Um, and I actually flew at our sister club, the club field we rent this is the actual field we own this is our home field that's got the clubhouse and the property we own so it might have factored in a little <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's cool man your club owns the field it's not like you know not not leased but like kind of allowed by the town to to run a club there yeah we we've owned it since the 70s and we actually own like 50 acres so oh, wow our, our field's really only on like two or three acres so all our other property is cornfields we rent that out to the farmer, so he basically pays our property tax. Oh, that's awesome! So and then, who does the maintenance then? Is it club, club members? We, okay. We've got two guys that do all the property maintenance. Um, when we do the shows, we all take over, you know, cooking food and doing setup and t- breakdown. The geotextile runway. There was actually about thirty guys out there because that was a whole two days worth of rolling the field, cutting the grass. I think. Right, right. I think there's over. I think they said two or three thousand staples to put that in the ground. 
Yeah. Um, so when the help club needs help, we do we do spring cleaning once a year where everybody helps weed. We cut firewood because we, we fly all winter with a fireplace. Mm-hmm. Um, so spring cleanup, we cut the wood and prep the field. It's it, it's really nice. I mean, we have close to 90, 90 members. You see the same kind of 15, 20 yeah. in a monthly basis. But when there's a big big planned operation like spring cleanup, mm-hmm. you see close to you know, 20, 30 people out there. Oh, that's great. It's nice. You guys, you guys will enjoy flying there for sure. That's yeah, awesome. I can't wait. That sounds a lot like our club with the, you know, the normal members that we see every weekend, and then, you know, the the amount that's actually in the club. Yeah. Yeah, because you figure if average club has fifty pilots, if the, if you saw the same fifty people, you'd be standing in line waiting yeah. to fly for for an hour. Yeah, I think our club is like one hundred and fifty members now, or about that, and. Um, but like I always see the same ten people <laughs> at the at our field. We do also have uh, two other fields that members fly at. So um, yeah, it's funny. It's like Saturday's kind of like the big plane day where like most yeah. of the older guys will be out there with the planes, and then Sundays you'll only see like myself, Kyle, and my dad, and like a three or four other guys. Because a lot of guys go out Saturday because they know Kyle and I are there heavily on Sunday. Okay. Um, and then every Thursday, I think there's a group of like 20 of the older guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they get there like nine in the morning and they have their coffee, their donuts, and they just really hang out in the clubhouse for a few hours, fly in and go home. That's cool. So, so it's nice. A lot of the guys who are older, they get there flying in during the week while we're all working. So they don't need to go out there in the weekends when we're all flying. Right. Home. Right. Awesome. No, it's, it's a nice mix. That's cool. So what you boys been up to? Kevin, you want to go first? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'll go. I was going to say, why don't you go? Because you never go until the very last. But uh, I'll ah, Save the best for last. Save no. the best for last. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this week's been good, though, man. Uh, it was it was very, very busy, very productive flying-wise. It's been, oh, man, it's been kind of stressful in a way because I committed to building something awesome for Flight Fest, and it's been, uh, you know, something I didn't really take lightly, and I've just been pounding as much thought as i can into this damn plane uh and i was kind of worried about the the small one because last time i flew it it flew like crap and i had to make all these adjustments and i wasn't sure about it and i i wound up taking the bushwhacker and angling the motor in the same kind of angle as the bushwhacker and angling it down a little bit and uh trimming more off the elevator two inches more and then adding some to the rudder and the friggin' thing flew awesome. I was so happy. Uh, went up, and I didn't have any rudder issues, any kind of, like, death spiral issues. It flew freaking great, and it still maintained the characteristics that I liked. Like, takeoff was really nice and scale and nice and slow. And so was landing. <laughs> so uh, it was good, man. It worked out good in, in as far as that plane went, man. So I'm really, you know, pounding out the big one, trying to get as much work as I can in on that thing and that's just that's just the engineering i don't want to say nightmare but it's it's an engineering process to figure out how i'm going to make it that size and be able to break it down and get it in my jeep and bring it to the field or get it in something and bring it to the field so that's been going good though i've been having a good time the little things that i've been doing it hasn't been adding up to a lot but i'm really not too concerned yet because i still have at least a month to go and I'm to the point now where I know what I'm going to do. I just have to fold stuff over and and uh, you know and build it. Yeah, man, get that hot glue going. Yeah, exactly. Um, the pictures are looking amazing. How many how many pieces of paper did you have to cut out for the the fuse and stuff? Well, it wasn't it wasn't 120 like the 
Mustang was this one was smaller because because I was using balsa kit plants, so it's like you get a half wing and a half an elevator, you know, a, a full mm-hmm. rudder, and then it's, it's a lot of the stuff's combin uh, combination, like it's just a side view, so it wasn't really a lot. It was still maybe I think sixty pieces of paper, something like that. I don't know. Wow, it's still quite big, right? But that maiden or remaiden went awesome. The remaiden of my FT racer with the retracts went not so awesome. Um, <laughs> That was completely my fault. I the, I the first time I took it up, it was tail heavy, and it was because I wasn't exactly sure where the CG should be, and I kind of made a guesstimate uh, according to the spar and all that, and it was just really tail heavy. And I, I think that wasn't the first time I flew it into the woods, sort of. Um, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I. I I had it up in the air, Chris, and it was pitching and rolling and doing everything a tail heavy plane does. And it got to one edge of the field, and I it started to come down in like that spiral nose down. And I'm like, I just pulled oh. out of it at about like six feet off the ground, and it was heading straight for the trees. And I'm like, well, if it hits a tree at six feet, at least I can get it. So I'm like, I don't care. I just kept it gliding. I, I cut the motor, let it glide, and it glided right into this. It actually flew into like this little cove and and disappeared. And I was like, yeah. I just landed in my secret landing spot. <laughs> and I went over there and it, like, it just, it kind of plopped right down. It must have hit some of the weeds and spun around because it was kind of okay. facing the other direction. But there was no damage to it. I brought it back and I checked then what the FT Racer CG should be and uh, kind of made some adjustments. I flew it again and it flew pretty good um, the second time, but I still think it was a little tail heavy and I think it's due to the fact that I added height to the wing and I have the weight of the retracts in there. Yeah, I saw the picture on Instagram. I said, oh, Kevin's playing hide and seek with his plane. <laughs> yeah. Did um, you have a tailwheel on there too? Yeah. So that could have added a little bit of weight, especially being so far out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little strange the way it f- was flying. It was, it was like all of a sudden it would roll on its own. Like it would just like flip up like 90 degrees. And uh, oh. I've noticed that in tail-heavy planes from my own experience. Right. But uh, I got it back down in the woods. But the second time I actually got it to the runway, I don't know if I successfully landed, though. I think kind of had one of those nose-over landings. Yeah. Because it was still kind of pitchy. Right, but, right. But, uh, dude, I, I flew the 380 a bunch of times. I changed uh, the Goblin 380. I flew that. Uh, I changed the, the throttle curve on that. Or the highest okay. throttle setting, because last time I was out there, it was it was insane. Like the negative was insane. I thought it was more negative, but I checked all that. My negative and my positive were exactly like twelve and a half. So I cut down on the the head speed a little bit in the radio, and the thing was flying great, man. That thing was a lot of fun. Got a little more time out of it, or I wasn't landing with seventeen percent, or you know, <laughs> right three point seven. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you got to count for you have a 120 kV more, you know, RPMs out of that motor. Yeah. You know, of the new motor. So, yeah, you're going to, you're probably running like 36, 3700 RPM at 400% throttle. Yeah. You know, I knew I, I had to do something. I knew it was a little bit too, even if, you know, guys could fly with that. I, I, I'm not up to that right now. So I, I, I knew I had to like tone it down a little bit. Yeah. And I flew the Oxy 3, man. A bunch of times. Nice. And I hit bailout like three times on one flight, and I remember saying that. And, and 
one of our members, <laughs> Rick, was like, you know what hit bailout? You just got to be a man or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> screw that shit, dude. I'm going to hit bailout because I want to fly it again today. Right. <laughs> he, was, he was like cracking me up. I was like, yeah, I'm going to hit it. I'm flying. I'm going to hit it. Yeah, if you, why not if you got it? Dude, it's, it's part of the f- experience. You know, it's better use it than not use it. Yeah. If you have it, that's like, I don't know. <laughs> I think he's just busting your chops because he doesn't use it. And how many times did he crash his heli? Yeah. He, <laughs> that's like past month. Yeah, uh, he's had like four crashes this last month, right? He had like four in a week and a half, like 10 days. He had yeah. four crashes. And they were all, he flies big birds, so it's like, ouch. Yeah, the smallest one was the Goblin 380, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, everything from Protos, you know, to what's that other one? Um, Diablo. The Diablo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All expensive birds, too. They're not cheap. But I, I think he said the 380 was more expensive than anything else to fix, though. Yeah. Oh, Goblin. Oh, SAB. <laughs> But I think that's been it, man. Like I said, I've been printing out more stuff, more more skeleton parts for the for the giant project, and that's coming along good. Just a engineering adventure. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So what have you been up to, man? Had a great time flying uh, this past weekend, past Saturday. I love flying my helis. You know, even even though like my, I don't tune my helis very well, you know, I get little bobbles, especially with the five seventy. I've been getting a lot of little like when I do TikToks, it just the tail just kind of bobbles around and moves, but I just, I kind of fly through it, you know, like I, I trust that it's not going to give out on me. So I just keep on flying it anyways. <laughs> but yeah, I had, um, so like I flew, I flew my 570 once. I flew the 700 a couple times. I love that 700, man. I, I, yeah, I want to, I just, I don't know, like I need to get more packs for it or I need to uh, upgrade to a better charger and actually not forget my power plug for my charger so I can actually use my charger. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot that. Um, but, dude, how, ma- how many packs do you have? You only have the two, right? Yeah, I only have two. And one's, so, like, not the best? One gives me uh, my the UI sensor on the, the V-bar, the V-control, gives me the uh, warning for 3.3 volts. The so Mike Tyson's punch-out sound? <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, warning three point three <laughs> because it's it's I guess I'm hitting such low like so much you know battery sag or whatever. Every time I hear that, I think Glass Joe. <laughs> uh. But um, I I got my order in from uh, from Lynx, so I uh, I fixed all my helis. I got to fly the Oxy Three Cube, and um, that one I really didn't need any parts for. But that that I was flying. But I had a little tip over on the second pack. And I broke one of my servos, my cyclic servos, so that I kind of benched that bird. But then I started flying, you know, the Tariq, Tarek edition, Oxy. And I don't know, I think I was like, what was that, my third or fourth flight, I think, where I had you recorded? Yeah, I think it was number three. Yeah, so, I mean, then, you know, I was like, oh, Kevin, you know, let's, let's, let's get a video of this. So one thing I adjusted this time with the Tariq is that I, I, I upped the, uh, the uh, pitch. So I went from 12.5 to about 13, 13.2. And still the same head speed and everything, but oh boy, man, that thing freaking was a rocket. Like, I was just giggling, like, doing, um, you know, doing, like, the reverse upright hurricanes. I mean, that thing was just moving. When I would do uh, TikToks or rainbows, 
I would just be like, all right, full collective one way, boom. It would just fly like across the field. Just boom, right back, boom, right back. I was like, wow, this thing is awesome. And then, you know, I was doing my thing and I had battery, you know, it's a three minute flight. So I come back and I land and I'm like, something kind of sounds weird with the heli. Eh, no worries. I take a look at it and my motor was hanging on by like two turns of one screw. There was only two screws on it. One screw completely came out and it's somewhere in the field or somewhere. And the other one was just barely hanging by a thread. And I don't know, like the main gear didn't get shredded. Like I was pushing that sucker and I couldn't believe that um, nothing was damaged. It came down perfectly fine. I found another screw. Uh, Mike, our club press, had like a little hardware box. So I kind of mashed up the screw and bolted back in with some Loctite again. And then flew the rest of the day with it. It was great. I was I was just shocked. I, so you I actually thought, heard something? Yeah, a little when I was landing. I was just like, it kind of sounds weird. Like, you know, huh. like a little more vibration sound than normal. Right. But, you know, I mean, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm, but, yeah. I was amazed when you showed me that. Yeah, like the motor can basically tilt right, like forward and back so much that it could come right off the main gear and right back on and. I didn't shred the gear. It's, I couldn't believe it. That was bizarre. Yeah. That was really weird. Wow. But, um, yeah, so I, I'd also, you know, so this past, what, yesterday, I did some, you know, some wrenching. I wrenched on the, the Oxy3 cube, got the broken servo out of there, another one. And um, I had some upgraded parts with my order. You know, it was, it was more of a crash kit. Like, I, was, I ordered a bunch of parts just in case, but... I was like, ah, I got a red tail boom. Let's let's put that in there. Um, I had new tail grip bolts on the Oxy3 Cube. It uses uh, screw and bolts for uh, like a feathering shaft. And basically, you know, I've had like maybe about five or six crashes with that tail. I never replaced anything on it. So I was figuring, let me just replace it since I have it. Um, I also upgraded to uh, the Zeo Energy Blades compared to the... Uh, the black ones. I'm not sure what the black ones are called, but um, so it looks cool now. It looks a little, you know, more color on it. Nice. Um, also upgraded some color washers, which I don't have enough for the whole thing, but I, I replaced what I could. So I have like green color washers on the tail section and the tail, um, the tail mounting box, I guess, and a couple other places. So. Oh, where'd you get those from? Uh, Lynx makes them. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, they're cheap. It's like under five bucks for 20 of them or something like that. Oh, so cool. I do definitely need to get a couple more so I can finish off the, the rest of the bolts with that. And I, and then I went to Ikea yesterday with my girl and, you know, I was like, I need some, like, bins to put my parts. Because currently, like, I would just have, like, those 3M hooks on the wall and I would just have, like, the big bags that you get from when you get, like, a goblin kit. I do the exact same thing. And just put all my parts in there and just hang, <laughs> hang, right? hang the bags on the wall. Yep. Yeah. So um, I was like, you know what? Let me get a couple of bins. They're like $3 each. It was super cheap. So I got a couple of those and I put all of my oxy parts in one, any goblin parts in the other, um, the 380 parts. So just did a little bit of organization with my parts now. So hopefully when it comes to it, it's like I don't have to, if it's normal, I don't know about you, but with the bag method, Basically, I need a part. I end up having to empty the whole bag out. Yeah. And then, and, then, and then, like, okay, I don't need this. I don't need this. And I start filling the bag back up. So Exactly. 
this way it's a little bit more room. I could kind of shuffle things in the box, not drop things all over the place or have it everywhere. So that's so funny because I was in Home Depot looking for bins. Actually, mm-hmm. yesterday I had to go to Home Depot because I was getting I was getting some PVC pipe and stuff for the the standing up platforms oh, yeah, for the yeah. phone fly. You know, yeah, the little pilot station. Pilot stations, yeah. yeah. And uh, I said, let me see if I got some bins. I measured like underneath my workbench. Right. How much size I got and, you know, how long booms are and stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, let me see. What I-, I couldn't find them in Home Depot. I-, I don't know. I was in this weird Home Depot I never go to. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to get what I got to get and get out of here. But I was thinking Dude. along the same lines because I'm thinking we go to a fun fly. Like we go out to Flight Fest, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to need spares if I break yep. something. And I don't yep. want to put exactly. it in a flipping bag. Yep. I'm going to have all mine and just these. Just They're like Tupperware bins, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And they're clear, so it's great because you could just kind of you could kind of see everything, and and the booms fit perfectly. The oxy booms, at least, fit perfectly in them. So yeah, three dollars each. <laughs> I got so much stuff hanging on the wall of my garage. I mean, I got guitars hanging up there, and then I have like yeah, a billion planes. <laughs> my multi rotors hanging, and then stuff hanging off the guitars. It's just like it's like yeah. crap on top of crap, and I'm like, jeez. Yeah, yeah. This looks like hell. Definitely get bins. Yes. Yeah. You know, so uh, let's let's get on our main topic here: buying a used helicopter. So I know Chris mentioned uh, he he basically linked us to uh, a website that kind of had some basic things about used RC helicopters. Mainly, it was mainly like questions and and stuff to think about. So some of these questions that we listed here are from this site, um, from rchelicopterfund.com under use RC helicopters uh, page. But, um, and a lot of it is just stuff that, you know, I've added and we've added together. So, um, first of all, where do you buy a, a used helicopter? Well, if Anthony came on the show, I could say both these guys that are on the show <laughs> right. is where I go for used <laughs> helicopters. I know. I think <laughs> most recently, everything used I've got is from Anthony. <laughs> so, friends, definitely, definitely, right? yes. Definitely, I would say if your friends fly... And you have, uh, you know, and they have a lot, they go through a lot of, you know, they try a lot of new things. Like Chris, he's always trying new things, selling off the old stuff. You know, great person to know to buy new stuff because you can trust that person, right? You know, obviously there's eBay. You know, you can buy used stuff on there. But, you know, eBay is kind of a crapshoot, right? I mean. I try to stay off eBay because you figure if they're selling it on eBay, they probably don't know much about it. And if they are a true heli guy then they mm-hmm. should be on the helicopter forums because you're going to get way more traffic on, you know, run rider or heli freak or RC groups than you would on eBay for people who don't know what they're buying. Right. eBay's great for parts, but I think places like eBay, sometimes you can get a deal because people don't know what they're selling. Sure. You think that, yeah. or is that kind of like a internet myth? <laughs> uh, I, I parts, parts all day long. If, if heli direct or one of your favorite retailers, they have a part. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I just bought the new Zeal Blades for the 480. I went right to eBay because I know they're going to be brand new. And chances are they're coming from Heli Direct or somebody anyways. But right. helicopters, yeah. I stay away from. Um, every now and then I'll check Chrysler for the heck of it because we found a killer deal on a local guy who sold a Blade 300 CFX when they were popular to my mm-hmm. buddy. He stole that thing for cheap. But you type an RC helicopter on craigslist and what's funny it's the overpriced mall three channel helicopters oh, that people terrible. think they're they're eighty dollars hundred dollars you know 3d helicopter you look at it it's a coaxial three channel helicopter so really craigslist if you want a good joke find them on there ebay 
go for parts, but really you, you, you want to be in a helicopter forums or, or friends. If I'm looking to buy something new, I go mm-hmm. right to my buddies. Like that Logo 550 I got, I bought that from my buddy, my buddy Ron. And I knew he had it for a while. He's a big Logo Goblin fan. I said, hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for – I went to two guys and I knew had the Logos. And one of them came through and he was done flying it. So that's where I bought that. Um, and uh, the Oxy, when, when I was thinking about doing a night Oxy build, I found that on the forums. That came used. Mm-hmm. So really oh, the right. go-to place, if you're a helicopter guy, first reach out to your friends because you boys know, like you said, I'm always selling something. But go to the helicopter forums between – Run Rider, Heli Freak, and RC groups. If you can't find it there, then fall back to eBay. But I'd say stick to the helicopter forums. So it's weird when I when I'm looking for stuff. Obviously, friends, you know, I'll reach out to Anthony. <laughs> he's he's my first person, first point of contact. Go right to Anthony. Um, but normally, like I don't know, I just I don't really like dealing on forums. I just I don't know. I feel like. I mean, they're true hobbyists, right? I mean, for the most part, I'm generalizing, of course, but most of the folks on, on like Heli Freak and Run Rider, they're hobbyists. They want to stay in a the hobby. They're funding their hobby with selling old stuff. But I don't know. I just feel like there's a lack of professionalism, I think. Well, there's a, there's a lot of work behind it, and I think we'll talk about that in one of our questions coming up. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely some homework you have to do, even though it's a helicopter-based forum. Right. There's there's still a lot of stuff you have to do leading up to that purchase. Yeah, that and we'll I, talk about. And I also feel like yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll talk about, it, but like, my it's usually friends, and then I go to Facebook, and then I go to eBay. That's oh, kind of Facebook my work. Facebook has been yes, Facebook. The last six yeah. months to a year, the RC group we're all on. Oh yeah, I've it's been, been buying a ton up. of stuff. Oh, that 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 is great because now. Instead of the research you have to do on the back end of Heli Freak and Run Rider, mm-hmm. you can just search them out on Facebook and kind of creep them and say, okay, they do really have this model. They have been flying it. Or oh, I didn't it. look at it in that aspect, but okay. <laughs> oh, I, I do research, man. This this day and age, I've been you you've been once you get burned once and it's yeah. not more than if it's more than you know fifty dollars and you get burned, you change your habits and how you do your research. Right. And uh, it's great to know. You look at their feedback on there. You see if they sold stuff to other people. So you message that person, say, "Hey, did you have a smooth transaction?" Or mm-hmm. you see if they're friends with the other friends, and you know, ask what kind of person they are. But yeah, Facebook okay. has been definitely detrimental to to buying new stuff lately. Right, right. Now, see, Facebook is something place is a place that I, because I'm an older dude, don't really. I didn't really think about Facebook as buying and selling until now. All these little groups start popping up. Yeah, and and I've been like, they're Kevin- awesome. There's an icon for sale for a hundred bucks. Get it, get it, jump yeah. on it, you know. Well, Kevin's been using a penny saver and a Democrat Chronicle <laughs> going, where the hell are all the helicopters? He's looking at the back pages. The penny <laughs> saver. <laughs> not, <laughs> not that old dude. The penny saver. <laughs> oh, boy. Hanging out of my Ben Franklin. Uh, uh, but, dude, <laughs> I got a strange eBay story to set, to tell. Oh, yeah? <laughs> my last experience on eBay of the of the canopy and boom, right? Yeah, it was canopy and boom, and it was seven days for sale or whatever. And I think I put in whatever the guy, whatever the guy, the guy was starting at. I put in probably it's like one hundred twenty dollars or something, right? Yeah, it was the guy was starting out at like seventy, and I meant to put, and he was charging like twenty dollars a ship or something like that. So I meant to yeah. put in. I meant to put in like a hundred, and I think I want to put in, or I meant to put in like one twelve, and I, I put in one twenty, and okay. this sale went on for 
six days, 11 hours and 45 minutes, and I was still the only bidder. And then 15, I think it was even five minutes after, before the sale, I checked and I was still the only bidder. And boom, the sale goes through and I check it and I'm at my max bid, $120 exactly. And I'm like, how is that possible? And I messaged the guy. I checked his like rating and his rating was super good. And and I was I said to the guy, I said, that's that's kind of strange. I said, I'm, I'm really don't feel that that's a fair, you know, transaction or whatever. I don't know. It just seemed like something was weird. And he was yeah. like, well, you know, I don't I've never had any problems and my rating's been better. Whatever. He's like yeah, some yeah. guy came in at the last minute. There was when the sale ended. It was just he said just one other guy had bid. And yeah, and it was one bid. So I don't know if there's any way, you know, so, guys can guys have friends that work at eBay that can look into that. I have no idea. But I did do a, a Google search and there was a lot of cases exactly like mine. And I, I finally went. I had two messages with him and it was going back and forth. And I was like, listen, dude, do yourself a favor and contact whoever bid second and sell it to them. I was like, because I don't want it. And. Yeah, yeah. You know, eBay thing, didn't push it because I, right. I I messaged them at what as well, and I I told them what was going on. So one thing I noticed with eBay is um, they don't show you the automatic bids. Those micro bids, they don't they don't post it. Like you have to dig into the bidding history to see it, and you have to like click a checkbox to show automatic bids. Because when you put in a one twenty maximum bid and you start at say eighty bucks, if someone puts in one nineteen. That automatically just counts as one bid, and then it goes to your being the maximum bid. Right, but don't you find that strange what? in the last five minutes? That he, no, he, because he, that's he, what he I could, do. I go in yeah. the last last sixty seconds is when I put my maximum bid in. I yeah, never he could have been sleep. He could have been sleeping on that. He might have had that saved. He yeah. knows when it gets down to the last twenty minutes, it goes by seconds. So right. he might have been sleeping on. It. He goes, oh man, I want to get this for. I'm gonna put 120 bucks on it or 119 bucks, and all of a sudden he hits click. He goes crap. And it jumps from 70 to 119 because that's the max he wanted to do. And he wanted to wait till the last second, hoping yeah. that you fell asleep and you weren't going to do it. Right. Hoping that your maximum bid is lower than his. And, and that's, how, that's the eBay game, really. I've it's, lost a lot of I've yeah, lost a too. lot of good stuff because I didn't want to get greedy and go $10 more at right. the end. Or like 5 bucks more. Or I hate when I get lost by like 25 cents. Like oh my someone God. does like, you know, 14.25 and you bid 14 max. Well, I yep. wasn't worried about losing it because at that point I was like, you know what, for – another whatever it was another twenty dollars i'll get the one i wanted to get and and i told the guy i was more worried about the guy you know getting all pissy with me and i was like dude just message whoever came in second and because my buddy the guy i used to have as a next door neighbor used to run a business and it was mainly conducted on ebay and was a motorcycle business and he used to do that all the time he could just contact the guy you know that came in second even if he had the equipment for the guy that came in you know that actually had it and said, "Hey, man, I can probably get my hands on a, you know, whatever it is that I, he was selling." Yeah, eBay, oh, yeah it's, it's simple. It's, it's yeah. built into their system. It's called second chance. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I've I've bought a lot of stuff that way. Yeah, someone will contact me. Oh, you know, the, the just like your case. Oh, the buyer backed out, but you know, I'll sell to you for this price, and that's fine. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the eBay. That's like the game with eBay, you know. And and it's it's okay, like if you know it and you expect it. But obviously, if you don't expect it, it's like. It sounds fishy right off the bat, you know. I mean, it's not like my first time on eBay. I bought and sold stuff for years and years, and uh, you would see all the bids, 
But I guess there's new stuff out there you don't see because all I saw was one other bid, and I'm like, how much of a coincidence is that? Right, right. So whatever. He uh, hopefully yeah. he sold his thing. I got what I wanted, which was the orange and black. Mm-hmm. Awesome. At that point, I can't wait to see that in person, man. You got to get that thing done, man. No, I'm waiting on some servos. You got to. I'll give you his address. You can go knock on his door. <laughs> you got to purchase some uh, battery, battery packs, right? Yeah. Oh, get some battery packs, man. Yeah, I will. I I can't place any orders now because next right. week or I'm gonna be away for a little bit. Well, you know my address. You can have them shipped to mine, or you could give me just PayPal me the money. And I'll order it and hold on to them for you. Or, he'll solder them. He'll break them in for you. Everything. But, but, <laughs> get them from Hobby King, though, dude. No, where am I getting now? Oh. No, Heli Direct. I'll get these from. Yeah, Heli Direct. Pulse batteries. Definitely. Can't get Hobby King batteries. Although, dude. I wanted to say at one point, I don't know if it's today or whatever, but I'm going to say it right now. I was, th- you know, I was thinking earlier that I have one pulse battery for the Oxy, both Oxys. I have the Nanotech battery, and then I have like the Zippy something or other. The yellow compact. Yeah, the little yellow batteries, and I specifically yeah. bought, you know, those two from Hobby King just to see. I bought two each just to see how they would hold up, dude. And at this point, I really can't tell the difference. I can't. I mean, for the small helis, I can't tell the difference. I fly all Turnergy, Nanotechs, and like the yellow compact zippies, and even these cheap, like twenty dollars for two uh, fifteen hundred milliamp three S battery packs. It's like Florian, some unknown brand to me. I and I can't tell the difference between the A spec Nanotechs or whatever, the A spec Turnergies, yeah, or or the zippy packs. Like they all perform. They all they this, all seem fine for the small stuff. I gotta say the zippy. <sighs> When I had it, when when I had it brand new, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I could. But now I really, I really can't tell the difference. The one that yeah. you won't you won't see it in the smaller stuff. Yeah, it just doesn't much. pull enough C's, you know, like to really notice. I think. But the bigger helis, that one battery that Mike gave me though to try out when I last. Oh, that was nice, sport, right? That battery was amazing. Yeah, that yeah, that I could easily tell the difference right off the and bat. It, I forgot what it was about, but I know it didn't have a C rating, but it had a true amp rating. Yeah. Like how much amps you can pull out of that thing, which is obviously I guess C when you think about it. But yeah, that thing, ooh, that that had punch. You start playing around with the five thousands, Kevin, and like the five seventy, yeah. you'll see a difference. I've seen zippy again. Zippies are great for the twenty two hundreds and below. Mm-hmm. You can beat the snot out of them flying puffed. But once you get up into a six S machine, yeah, um, I've seen a lot of zippy fighters at the field. Even the sport older sport guys who are flying them in helicopters, you'll. They'll come. You fly a minute over the timer. They'll come down puffy, and they yep. won't, they won't discharge correctly. Well, Kevin, you saw my my test, right? I bought one Zippy eighteen hundred success, uh, the yellow compact, and then I bought a Pulse for my Goblin when I first got it. Same flight count. Pulse was perfectly flat, held a good IR, held a good charge. Zippy pack was puffy, didn't hold the charge, didn't have punch anymore. You know, I think definitely in the six cell and the bigger packs, the higher voltage. Um, you want to go with quality packs. You want to get the flight count. Oh, for sure. Believe me, I'm not looking to get a, a, a nanotech or a zippy in in five thousand for the five seventy. No, I wasn't even thinking that. Like, I definitely want to get pulse packs for that thing. Yeah, pulse or opti powers. I really want to try a pair of opti powers, but I know they're money, so we'll see. All right, so let's uh, move on. <laughs> uh, does this helicopter have all the features I'm looking for? Now, I guess when you're buying a used helicopter, um, I mean, this is going to be a couple of the questions. It's know what you're buying. Yeah. You know, like, if you don't know the heli, don't, you know, like, 
find out, do research, you know, like see when it came out. How old is the heli, you know, because all that stuff matters for longevity of that model. You can't, you know, there's no point buying, you know, a really old model that you can't get parts for. That, that you know, nobody flies at the field. So if you need any help, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know. That setup is really weird, you know. But what features would you be looking for? Upgrades are nice. You know, does it? Do I plan on upgrading this helicopter? Does it have upgrades already? You know, does it have Lynx parts? Does it have KDE parts? But not even Um, that. I mean, just I would say like a fly bar is common right now. But I mean, fly barless is common right now. But you can still buy fly barless, fly barred helis. You know, like OT Rex six hundreds and stuff like that. And you know, the price would be awesome, like a six hundred for airframe for two hundred bucks. Oh, it's fly bar. Ah, still, you know, that's cheap, but, you know, what are you going to get yourself into with trying to set up a fly bar heli, you know? Right. Well, that's why I added further down the list, you know, do you know the heli and you know what you're buying? Like, like, like we've been saying, you know, can you get parts or whatever, but just do, are you familiar with what you're buying? You know, like you should have, you should have some idea if you're going to buy a heli used what you're, what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like, don't look at the picture of, of a, I almost said Trex. <laughs> well, don't look at a picture of a line 450 and the guy's posting it as a goblin 380 and you're like oh yeah okay you know know what you're looking at you know what i mean uh-huh. yeah yeah know what you're looking at i mean and, and you have to do the research because especially with something like in a line where there's um the 450s were so many of them so many not even so many but so many versions right so many versions. and so many mixed match parts that like what happens if it's not a flying heli and you need to buy parts for it. And you have no idea. It's your first, you know, line T-Rex helicopter. You're like, I don't know what version this is. Like, it, there's no real markings that make it nice and easy to tell if it's version 1, version SC, you know, DFC Pro, right. whatever. All the different, you know, blends of makes that they had. Yeah, so. there was like 17, 18 different 450 models that they had at one point. You know, I can remember yeah. looking for parts for the SE version 2 that I had. Mm-hmm. So, well, back on this question, a big thing that factors in for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't have an airframe sponsor, but I'm pretty much all my electronics are sponsored. So what I look for is, you know, how much of this helicopter has my sponsorship already on it? Like the, the logo 480 I bought, that deal, I couldn't pass up. For the price I paid, it was worth buying a helicopter. Now, the, the cyclic servos and the tail servo were Futaba and... Um, what was the other servo I just sold? Torque. So that had Futab and Torque servos. I fly MKS. So was it worth buying a helicopter at the price I bought? Absolutely. Because once I tested it, I realized, okay, I really enjoy this helicopter. Mm-hmm. I can make a couple bucks on electronics. Let's let's buy it, sell electronics in a week or two. Um, so that, that plays a big factor for me. Also, what I was looking for is what did a helicopter have? So it was a logo 480. I've been wanting to try for two seasons. And the benefit to me was it came with pulse packs, Scorpion motor, and Castle ESC. So half of the electronics on it, I'm already sponsored by. So for me, big factor is what does it have on it that I'm going to use or okay. what I'm going to get rid of? Nice. So in that case, I mean, I, I mean, because you bought it from a friend, you got a pretty good deal, right? So what if you were just buying from a complete stranger and they give you the option? Because a lot of times on Facebook or on uh, the forums, they give you the option of, you know, airframe only. And airframe with electronics. Do you opt to get it with electronics to um, plan on selling to maybe make an extra little more, you know, bucks to make the airframe cheaper? You know, if you were to sell like the ESC cast, you know, all that stuff separately. 
Or do you say, oh, you know what? I only need the airframe. I just want the airframe, you know? Well, that comes down to weighing the options. If you're not sponsored, it doesn't really matter what's in it as long as it's reliable. So, right. you know, okay, he's offering it with everything minus the fly barless system. Well, right. what what if you already have servos? Don't mm-hmm. lose the deal because he doesn't want to split it up. Okay. Just buy it and sell the servos you don't want to use and put yours in it. Um, mm-hmm. Perfect example, we're talking about this. After I crashed the Logo 480, I'm, I'm like, you know, do I want to buy it or do I just want to look for a used one? And just have a second airframe on hand to steal parts from. In that case, I searched the forums, found a couple nice ones, but the guys didn't. They want. They just want to sell the whole package. They didn't want to nickel dime and try to gut it they out didn't and want sell to split themselves. It, right. mm-hmm. So I ended up just buying parts and rebuilding the 480. So it depends on what they're offering. You, you look at it as pros and cons. Okay, if I can get it for five hundred dollars, even though I have a motor and servos, you, you just got to wave wave the option. It really right. suits what you're going to do best and your budget right i mean yeah exactly if you're buying used you're buying used because you're on a budget it's not you know because you're filthy rich and you're the prince of you know dubai and you can just buy whatever you want like you know you have to kind of weigh your options right like okay i don't need some some of these electronics but i know that the the electronics that that's included with the kit sells roughly about 150 bucks you know fine fine you know Maybe you go over your budget a little with the intention of selling those, but definitely sell them. Like right off the bat, take them out, sell them. <laughs> you know, don't hold right. on to it. And that, that same thing goes for selling. You know, when I bought, when I sold Kevin uh, the Goblin five seventy Cal Stacy, I knew I needed the servos and a flybarless system and a battery for the next build. Oh yeah. But but I knew that ESC I didn't need in the motor I didn't. So I even right, gave right. Kevin an option. Said, do you want the bare airframe or do you want me to help you get halfway? Mm-hmm. So in that case, I included the motor in ESC. So at least Kevin's halfway there. So the same as when you're buying it. People like it's just like anything in life. You you always give people options, and you're better off that way because you're more apt to sell it if you give them options. Right, right. Yeah, and I was looking at a five seventy for sure, and I had about three or four opportunities to buy a 500 and i was just like you know i just want to get what i want to get you know i didn't want to spend money on something that I yeah didn't yeah don't settle I, I wouldn't say like oh well this was cheaper but i really wanted this no i mean i know you had your heart set on a 570 and i know um you know anthony was selling his 500 and then anthony was selling his 500 and then anthony was selling his other 500 <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> you know don't i mean you know I, you know if you wanted a 500 definitely go to the anthony's but <laughs> and then john john was selling his 500 and i think john was selling, selling his 500, 500. And, and his i think what was the other one protos or whatever the 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 500 size proto like i mean you know i you know what you want then definitely go for what you want because at the end of the day you know you're gonna end up settling for something else and not be happy and wanting to sell it and you're gonna take a loss well i did research too i did research on what i wanted i knew i knew i had the 380 and i knew i had the smaller oxys and i and everybody said you know if you're gonna step up to a 500 size definitely go 570 and not 500 because it it flies more on the larger you know, heli scale size type. So, so you go five seventy, and then you go eight hundred. I mean, seven seventy or eight hundred. You know, and then I can see your your heli progression right there. And then I custom build my own larger one. Yeah, there you go. Scale. 
<laughs> no, that, no, that's a great valid point. It kind of goes into our next question. You know, is it the right size right. I'm looking for? Right, exactly. Um, and and I've I've done a thing where you know you get you get that money in PayPal and you're like itching, like you don't want to leave it there for a rainy day. You just want to spend it mm-hmm. because you know it's there. And when I bought the the warp for me, the warp 360 was a perfect example. I yeah. wanted again, I wanted to try it for a while. I didn't do too much research, but I had the right deal. I bought it from a friend. And I said, you still got it? And he he, talk, he actually talked me down. I, I basically stole a thing. I get it. I, before I even get the thing into my house, I've already got the the, the canopy upgrades for it, the mm. landing gear upgrades. Everything is matching. Blades are matching. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like it. I literally put like five flights on and said, you know what? I don't like how narrow it is. I don't like the over-engineered belt system. Right. So as much as I thought it was going to be you know, my cup of tea – Five flights later, I sold to another friend, which which loves it. He's pr- that's his progression machine now. He went from a Blade three hundred to that. So for him, nice. it's perfect. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was for me it was kind of an impulse buy. I saw one, I wanted to try it for a while, and I had it for not even two weeks, and I and I dumped more money into it and upgrades right. than, than I actually sold it for. I lost money because I thought it was what I wanted, and, and so definitely you've got to weigh the options. Is this what I truly want? And I think. Mm-hmm. Kevin's a great example. He did his research. He he passed up multiple deals, and I think for him, the five seventy is going to be is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I want to see that thing fly already, man. Me too. My five seventy is lonely at the field by itself. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing to you know be concerned about is this, how easily can you get replacement parts for a heli? Yeah, I think this is number one for me. Yeah, replacement parts is what keeps that model alive. So if you can't get replacement parts, you, then what's the point of having that heli? Because you're one crash away from it being just for parts, right? I mean, what what are your takes on it? Uh, no, that, that that that's a huge factor. Like again, after buying the warp, I'm like, man, you know, the one there's only one supplier left in the United States that sells the compass parts, and and for me, after I sold to my buddy, he realized you know the first week he loved it. He went out on all the forums and he yeah. bought. He's, he dropped like a hundred dollars and he's got enough parts to rebuild a helicopter four times over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and the next question question is is really big. Can t- can you get parts? Um, yeah. Do your research. You want at least two vendors. You know eBay being a good one, but you know Heli Direct. You know can it lower Heli? You want to find at least one or two vendors that still stock the active model. Right. Um, because if you're not going to get parts, well, what happens when you crash it? It's just going to be a wall hanger. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Well, Steve, this this happened to you with the 550, right? More or less? I don't know if that was your exact. Yeah. So I mean, this this would kind of tie into the next question: is is the is the model very old model? And and I'm not talking about old as far as age, but being in production. So with the uh, blade, you know, pro line or competition line, um, my blade 550x. I loved that heli. It was great. It was on a 6S setup. I was using a stock blade motor, and I loved it. It was it was great. But as soon as they announced that, um, the, you know, blade is discontinuing that line, the 550, 600, and 700X, you know, it's basically like on the forums, on Facebook, everyone was dumping theirs. Everyone was dumping that heli. And, you know, for, for, for probably about six months to close to a year after they announced it, I still had mine. But, you know, at that point, it was like, okay, I can still get parts on eBay. I can still get some parts on, like, Horizon Hobby and directly from Blade. But how long is that going to last? Right. And you don't know. You don't know how quickly those parts will go. And when I, you know, I should have sold it when they first announced it because I would have gone probably 
twenty, thirty percent more than I sold it for. You know, at the end, I couldn't. I did. No one wanted to buy it on Facebook or or the forums. I don't know if I went on the forums. I think I just done Facebook, and then eventually I was just like, all right, let's just put it on eBay. You know, I definitely took a. I didn't gain as much return as I could have if I just said, okay, hey, this this they're not gonna be making parts forever for this thing. It's like um, what's that other company that was really big, the Whiplash Helis, miniature. Oh craft? yeah, Min- Minair, miniature yeah. aircraft. The second they went down, all you saw on the forums was the Furions and mm-hmm. the XLs and and all those. And now now they're coming back around, which is great. The the new company bought them out to produce the parts again, but right. You've got to factor that in. Can I get parts? And yeah. is it worth buying an extra airframe or two? Like you still see the blades out there for sale. And people mm-hmm. loved them. But like you said, when a company goes under, how much longer are they going to have stock in those parts? Right. And are you, are you going to be living on the forums every day to find that one main gear? Yeah. And Kevin then, had Kevin had a valid point the other, oh. other day. You know, your friend in the club just bought that, what is that, that old Nitro Flybar helicopter. What did he pick up, Kevin? Oh, that was my buddy in Ohio. He was asking me a bunch of questions about it. What was it again? It was old. I, I forgot the name of it. But what was that? You guys were saying that it's like about 12 years old. It's a uh, Herobo shuttle, uh, 50. That, yeah, it goes back to the, the mid, late 80s, early 90s. And you can still find the vintage parts out there. And even if you got it for $100 ready to fly, good luck finding everything. You can never switch over to a fly barless model. So unless you can yeah. find the guys who are out there still selling the parts, no deal is going to be a good deal if you can't get parts for it. Yeah, yeah. That, it's just like shelf it and oh, it looks pretty. It's it's vintage, you know. He did say that it had a YS motor on it. That was the only thing that like caught my attention. I, I like I, that I knew what it was. Right. But yeah, I, I immediately asked him, "Do you know if it's a fly bar?" You know, and I described the fly bar to him, and I told him right off the bat, a lot of time getting parts for older models is nearly impossible. Right. And then I said, "Let me put it out to the fellas." And see what they say once he knew, you know, what, what type it was. That's what I tell all my buddies. You know, I'm not trying to be, you know, like I know everything and stuff like that. But I tell my friends, if you're about to make a purchase that's anything over $100, just send me a text. I've been in the hobby long enough to know if it's a decent model. Did I own it? Did I fly it? Can you still get parts for it? You know, a text mm-hmm. or phone call to a buddy, that's detrimental, man. Because you buy something at a cheaper cost, you're going to have more headache trying to get the thing up and running. And then a lot of the old flyboard machines, like the shuttles and the Kyoshos, they were they were out of business before a flybarless model was ever invented. So oh, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of the guys who are still flying the old Raptor 30s and Raptor 50s, you can get the conversion heads for them, like the KDE and the RGX mm-hmm. heads. And even that's pushing it. Like that Pantera head, that thing was fun to fly. But even with the four-bladed head, I still couldn't get my eight degrees of geometry just right. because of how the push-pull um, servo linkages were. So, mm-hmm. yeah, some of the older models, you can update them, but some technology just can't, you know, go meet the, the demands of the electronics. Required. Right, and, and that's a good thing. That's a good point, right? Like, you know, 20 years ago, we've had, our RC helicopters advanced so far with in five know, years, in yeah, five years, right? I mean, but that's five years has more been like electronics. I think like in ten years, man, it's the, the mechanic stuff. It's just everything oh, is so much better. You, you know, know, DFC, direct to swash. Right, right. Um, you know the, the, the limits because the old push pull, you could only get so much. Like I remember the first version one T Rex four fifty, the the four fifty X. It was gray. It didn't use um, servo linkage balls. 
It uses okay. the, it uses the Z bends. So oh, it uses geez. Z bends. Oh wow! It, it uses Z bends to a servo horn, and then the elevator servo actually moved up and down. So when you were doing uh, what were you doing? I think when you were doing collective, the elevator servo actually because it wasn't CCPM, so the elevator servo actually moved up and down, and is it was crazy. The old mechanical yeah. stuff was nuts how it worked, yeah. but it worked for for its day. Yeah, for its day it was good, but I mean, you know what what you can get these days? Like I mean, if you, even if you think about like um. You know, like a like the three eighty, right? A Goblin three eighty, that four fifty size heli, like especially with SAB and and how they do the transmission design, like you can't you can't get that kind of technology and engineering masterpiece that it is now. You know, on an older heli and and the simplicity and the parts count, right? That's important too. Parts count. Oh um, yeah. You know how many parts <clears throat> it's going to take to fix that thing when you crash it? Because you will crash it. All helis will eventually crash. So. Yeah. And you know what's you know what's great with not talking heli te- helicopter technology. Mm-hmm. Like I told you guys before, I answer you know five to ten text messages and emails a day on my helicopter pages, helping people mm-hmm. out. If you can't come to someone like myself or you guys for questions, the two places I send people the most if I can't answer it or I just don't have time, YouTube, YouTube, yeah. and just Google it. Those yeah. are, Google, if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna buy anything used, even if it's two years old and mm-hmm. you don't know anything about the model, right? Just YouTube it or Google it. Because if it's if it's anything that's popular that people have had, you're going to find pages and pages and pages of answers. Right. Well, I'd have to say, even though I knew what I was getting into with the 570, even though I knew that it was still in production, I could still get parts, I still went online just to see how much parts would cost, mm-hmm. which I thought was crucial in me deciding to get it also. You know, can I afford a pretty heavy duty crash with it you know or you know what i mean yeah. absolutely I, the guy who bought my uh i sold my logo 600 sx the other day the one i bought just i was going to stretch it and i decided not to mm-hmm. um the first question he asked me he goes oh i heard logos are expensive well we're not talking a logo 700 extreme so i got right on my cattle usa i priced it up tail boom eleven dollars mainframe side twenty five dollars he's like oh i thought it was more expensive mm-hmm. um you look at you look at some brands like you know sab you've got to buy a tail boom you're talking eighty hundred dollars because it's it's carbon fiber, not aluminum. So, mm-hmm. yeah, price of parts that that's that's key. That, definitely go through and say what am I gonna what what's gonna break in a crash? Skids, boom, main gear, spindle shafts, blades, <laughs> and, and just factor those in. That's that's huge, Kevin. Main gear, <laughs> main gear and feathering <laughs> shafts for me. And, I mean, and usually main main rotor blades. Yeah, blades definitely blades are given in most crashes. You're gonna trash your main blade. shaft. But main shaft, spindle shaft, you know, servo arms, linkages, you know, landing gears, uh, tail boom for sure. I mean, you know, knock on wood, one, the one crash I had with the 380, I didn't, I didn't break the tail boom. But you know, I've seen those things break, so <laughs> it's not always that nylon nut saves you. So yeah. you know, I've seen that, a, def- I've seen a 360 go through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. You know, through it with the belt just like jammed in the the cut. Grinding its way through, right? All right. So pricing. What's a good price? What's a fair price? You know, is it a good deal? You know, could you get one um, new for not much more? Like you're talking about your canopy, right? Like buying that used canopy um, from from eBay. You know, and you were saying, well, you spend what twenty, thirty dollars more, and you get a brand new one. Yeah. So is it worth to go through the hassle of buying something used that might not be, you know, as perfect 
uh, you know, as you would expect it to be, you know, buying something new. When I was younger, my experience with buying anything used was if I got a what I thought was a good price on it, a week later I would see it for like twenty five bucks less. That was <laughs> always happened to me. That was just my luck when I was when I was when I was younger, and you know, it was cars or it was not cars worth twenty five dollars, but when it was yeah, anything, right. you know, that I that I purchased used. Right. But nowadays, yeah, I, I don't know. That's I think that's all relative to the person, to the area. You know what's a what's a good fair price. Right. Uh, well, let's go over the first half of the question, Stephen. Is it a good deal, and can you get a new one for much more? Mm-hmm. Um, my example is that used oxy I bought. I never I never did the whole night rig. I kind of passed on that, but I picked up a used oxy. It, it was beat up. I knew it was crashed, and he told me it was crashed, and he had a list of parts, and when I got it, there was more list of parts that we both didn't see in the pictures. But for that, you know, you price it out. that The Oxy-255 kit is two fifty five, and it's just airframe and blades only. Well, uh-huh. the price I got it for, I got it for less than half the price off. It had the KST servos, which I ended up selling. Uh-huh. came with a motor. So I think all in all, I think I was about $80 in parts. So you add up what I paid for it plus parts, I'm still coming in, you know, 40% under retail price. So yes, it was used, but by the time I rebuilt it, mm-hmm. new canopy, new blades, spindle shafts, blah, blah, blah. To me, it was brand new. And uh, I ended up selling it off to another guy who was getting in the hobby. And that had, once once I rebuilt it, it was basically a brand new airframe and I right. included a motor and servo. So mm-hmm. you can't, you definitely have to weigh, weigh it out. If, if you're buying a used airframe only and for $50 more, you can buy a brand new one, build it yourself and know every part. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to, $50 is going to break the bank. But like in my case with the Axe, if you're saving, you know, over $100, $100 plus, that that's mm-hmm. huge. Who cares if it's used? You're going to go through the whole model anyways. Right. Um. So that's a big point. Now, Second half of the question, though, is it a good fair price? Again, do your research when it comes to to buying or selling. I kind of figure once, even if even if a helicopter is a week or two old, once you have it and it's built and used, whether you fly it or not, you usually got to take off between ten, in my eyes, ten to twenty percent market value. So if I'm selling the model or buying, I, I look at it as twenty percent off retail or friends deal. Like with you guys, I usually do thirty percent off just to keep the hobby flowing. Mm-hmm. But you kind of got to weigh the options. How how good of a shape is it? In? You know, if it's if it's kind of beat up, yeah, we're talking 20, 30% off if I got to buy parts for it. But if it's a really nice model and he really just got it a few weeks ago and you can tell it's never been flown, then you might want to, you know, give him 10% or 15% off and again, it's 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 do your homework. You have to you have to know the model, who you're buying from and and how much more do you have to invest in it? I'm in, I'm in a little bit uh, different with that. I think anything used it should be thirty percent off, just a flat thirty percent off at least. Depending, you know, like even if it's like okay, I've done five flights or it's just all hovering, it's all tuning flights, but it's just not the heli I want. I still think it should be thirty percent off. Now, if it's been crashed and it's not fully repaired and and there's you know it's not flying right or some issues, then that 30% goes down to like 40, 50%. You know, I want to see a bigger discount by use because you don't know what you're, what you're getting yourself into sometimes, right? I mean, you know, maybe he doesn't even know how to describe it. Maybe it's his first heli and he just doesn't like it and he's getting out of the, the you know, the heli scene and going back to planes. I, well, I don't know. It, it's tough because put yourself on the other side of that fence. Now you have, you have two of the same model. Mm-hmm. The one you built as a backup, you've never flown it. It's just there's a backup, and you're like, well, why do I need two of them? Like in Anthony's case, you know, if he has two or three of the same model, he he never he never flew it. He just built it, 
doesn't even have servos in it yet. Mm-hmm. It's it's again well, it's it, 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 it tough. If it's never been flown, like and I know that it's never been flown, that that is a different case. But um you know, if it's all fully built and they say that it only flown it once or twice, I don't I don't know if I could trust that. You know. It's, it's supply supply and demand too. If say it's a true. hot model. That's definitely that, true. Yeah. You know, like like look at the Axie. I had a beta version and I had a first production version. I was the mm-hmm. first one to sell it and I didn't sell it as a complete airframe. I crashed it, so I just sold parts off. Okay. So if it's a if it's a hot model and it's nowhere on the forums and one pops up and that guy said, I'm not budging, you know, five, ten percent off. Right. Then you you've got to weigh that option. Do I do I buy it from him? Like for me, the Goblin five, Kevin's five seventy. It's funny, you know. I always want it now, now, now. Mm-hmm. And Anthony could have got it for me at a discount. I I could have used the the I don't know what special Heli Direct was doing. So Anthony, I think could have got it for like fifteen percent off for me. Heli Direct had it for ten percent off. Why I needed? I think I I just wanted to get my unboxing video done. I needed to have it first. So sure, yeah. Instead of instead of waiting two more days. For Heli Direct to get in stock, mm-hmm. I went to an eBay online store, some Heli, Heli company in New York. I paid – not only did I pay full retail price, but then I had to pay shipping. Oof, and because geez. I'm in New York State, sales I had to tax. pay New York State sales tax. Mm-hmm. So in the long run – God, I don't like to talk about it. In the long run, I paid $90 over retail just because I wanted it right then and there. Wow. How much does that kick go for again? What was it? 885 I think? Uh, at the time, yeah, it was, it was it was up there. Did you hear him say he didn't want to go through it? And no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just curious because I, I like the only reason why I bought my 570 KC is because I got a really good deal on it. Yeah, I remember that. And I'm, try, too. and I'm trying to figure out what I got, and I think it was like brand new when it first came out. I think I got 20 percent off or 50 yeah. percent off, something like that. Because, I, I just I just brought up the sad story because it again it comes down to how much you want to pay. So sure, if it wasn't sure. an online What's retailer, it worth to you, right? Right. So it's you just got to do your research, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's how much do you want it and do you want to wait? If you're ready for a fun fly in four days and you want that at the fun fly, you're gonna pay whatever they're asking and you're gonna work out a deal regardless. Right. Yeah, and and I would say when you're on eBay looking at a model that you definitely think you're gonna get, like in my case, it was the the 450 Beast. Beast X there or whatever it was. <laughs> I always say that, don't I? X, yeah. 450X um, with the Beast uh, fly bar controller. Um, yeah. I it, That was the one that I got was had been crashed, so I got it for, I think brand new those things were like 500 bucks, right? Or no, $400? Yeah, 399 $399. So I got mine for like half that. I got mine for like 50% off, maybe a little bit more than and yours came upgraded with the aluminum head, aluminum tail, like right, know. yeah. So it, you had that, but at, extra parts for sure. Mm-hmm. The point I was trying to make is like I just didn't go right to that one and look at it and go, oh, that's probably about what they're like. I was doing research for a while because it's easy to do online. You just got to mm-hmm. type it in, Google it, put it in yeah. eBay, and just see what things are going for. Like, right. and I think at that time, I'm trying to remember what model it was. I think it was another 450. Yeah, I think it was another 450 that some clown wanted $700 for. Oh my god! About the same. Yeah, at the same time, and it just I would keep seeing it, him relisting it and relisting it, and I'm like, dude, uh, you need some help, buddy. And and I see that once in a while, like, oh, it got two packs and this many parts, and I'm just like. But it's an out. It's kind of an older model, you know. Like they still make parts for it, but it's not. 
like when you bought the 450X, I think the 360 CFX was just coming out. Yeah. Or about to come out. Yeah. You know, and I think we saw it at some show or whatever, or yeah, maybe I, we saw it I, at I Ram or something. It. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you know, like that's fifty percent off. Great, you know, but to sell something, they're like, oh well, because I have two hundred dollars worth of parts and this and that, and this many packs that have ten cycles on them each. Or, you know, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. I I don't I, I don't buy into that. I don't know. It's, no, and I, I I know exactly where you're coming from. I'm in the same mindset because I want probably going to want to sell that 180 one of these days, and I, <laughs> I should probably yeah. get that out sooner than later. But I have the yeah. I have the goblin like lookalike canopy for that little thing. I mm-hmm. just bought the regular yet. canopy. I have all these freaking spare parts for it. I have like yeah. five or six batteries that I could throw in with it, right. and I and probably still it? wouldn't ask what a brand new one is. Yeah. No, unfortunately, unfortunately, got to write that stuff off. It's like I tell my customers at right. work, you know. It's buying a car. You know, you upgrade the rims and, and exhaust. You might be able to get some of that back. I see a lot of my customers, they drop 50, 60 grand on a kitchen remodel. Okay, that's great for you because you live in the house. What happens if you sell a house? If it's a $200,000 house, market value, mm-hmm. you're not going to sell it for two eighty because that's what you put into the kitchen. No. There's just some things you have to write off and you know you're going yeah. to lose it. But there's, <laughs> you guys have seen it at the airplane swap meets. There's people that are proud of it, and they're not going to let it go unless they get their price. And unfortunately, they're going to sleep on it until it's an outdated, you know, model. Yeah, which is like ninety percent of stuff that I see at swap meets. <laughs> yeah. you no, know? see, I don't see that much. I see the one guy with the, with his weekender. The weekender trying to yeah. get <laughs> trying to sell it for the yeah retail value, and it's only lightly been flown. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So when you when you talk about obviously eBay. Um, you know, they're, they're usually auctions. Um, if there's a buy it now price, usually they'll have, sometimes they'll have a best offer price. Um, also on Facebook, a lot of people do, you know, OBO, right? Oh, best offer. So should you haggle? You know, do you, is it worth to just, if you want a model or want a part, do you say, should I try for $10 less than he's off, you know, listing it for? Or do I just buy it? Because someone else might just give him the list price. Like, you know, is it worth haggling? I think it depends it, what it depends what the model is, and are there other models available if that one falls through? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it before. You know what? What's twenty dollars? You know we haggle for twenty dollars, and guess what? By time by the time the guy gives us an answer, he just sold it. So, mm-hmm. and I actually I actually just got an email from a guy like ten minutes ago. He said, "Hey, do you still have the Pantera? We talked for weeks, and then he just right. dropped it off the face of the earth." Well, guess what? I nope. sold it a week ago. So. It depends. It's like buying a house. This, the house my wife and I are in now, luckily it fell through for the previous buyer. We put the offer in across the street. We came in an hour late. So mm-hmm. if it's – again, I keep saying do your research. If if you're going to pay a little bit more than you think you want to pay but you don't want to lose it, right. by all means, buy it because guess what? There's probably five more guys lined up who are waiting for you to say, nope, I don't want it, and they're going to they're gonna snag it up. So with me, I'm – I don't like. I like to get the biggest discount I can, and I, I don't know. For, you know, it's it's weird because we're talking about buying used helicopters, and I just noticed I don't have any used helicopters. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when it comes to parts, really, that's what I've been buying used, and it's like, oh, well, if I can't get it for ten dollars cheaper, then then not go by all means. You know, sell to someone else will pay. Um, I'll, I'll wait for the next deal to come around because I'm not in a rush. So definitely, if you want something, just pay it. 
you know, just go for it. Maybe, maybe haggle, but I would say just go for it. But if you can wait, if you're not dying for that, for that X-Nova motor to upgrade your Scorpion motor form, then whatever. You can still fly the Scorpion motor. They're a great motor still, so it's not a big deal. See, my thoughts are it's easier for me to haggle online than it is in person. I mean, when, I'm, when I used to deal with people in person, I just used to, whatever they wanted, I, I usually paid. Like if I was buying something used, like a motorcycle or something like that, I don't know. Yeah. It kind of got to a point where I was, I was like, I just didn't want to be bothered haggling with somebody and and going through all that. And but now I I think it's easier because you could just shoot them a shoot them a private message or whatever. Hey, would you take whatever? I do that to Craig's people on Craigslist all the time. You know, I I'll email them and stuff, and I'll be like, Hey, would you take one twenty or you know whatever it is. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, it's nice because usually people have instant message, so they're getting right. Or if they have their phone number, you're texting. It's pretty much instant because who doesn't have their phone on their hip? But right, right. I know when I was looking for the the logo 480 out on on Run Rider and Heli Freak, I, I I was waiting and wait. I'm I'm like see I'm on Run Rider. I'm seeing if they're online. Oh, they're offline. So I'm waiting, you know, six to ten hours for a reply while I'm bidding on other ones, and and I lost out on a few good ones because the one I really wanted, the guy didn't get back to me until the next day. And guess what? I had already just bought this model. So haggling on the forums is tough because they're not always checking their email like they are on mm-hmm. Facebook or text message. Right. Right. Definitely, I would say it's more reserved for Facebook, eBay, you know, things where it's just, it's kind of made for that. Like there's, there's that instant communication. Uh, forums, dealing with emails and stuff like that, it's eh. It kind of yeah. I think if you want something, just buy it. If you don't need it, but you want it, and you can go, you know, if it, if the deal goes up, you're like, ah, eh, whatever. It's not a big deal. Then then why not give it a try? Um, I like haggling in person. Like when I go to swap meets, I, I like to lowball them. Not lowball them like really badly, but you know, <laughs> Steve like does a, like that. If if he's if he's asking you know a hundred bucks for it, I'd say, hey, what about eighty? And then we agree on 90. I think it's a fair win for both of us, you know. It's a face-to-face deal. Yeah, and I feel like it's like almost like a like a, a challenge, you know, like how much can I save? How much can I, you know, you know, like I mean because they want to sell, you know, they don't want to take all this stuff home. They're there for a reason. So, I feel, you know, especially in person, I I like haggling. It's fun. <laughs> the next one is what deals to look for. I don't really know how to answer this question too much i mean well this, I don't know. the first thing is that it... popped into my head what deals mm-hmm. to look for is for me is places like heli direct where you know you want to you don't want to buy a used battery if you can afford okay it. yeah and h heli direct and, and sites like that sometimes they'll do 10 percent off you know everything in the store or whatever yeah yeah definitely for any retail places wait for the holidays right memorial day you know temp- everyone all the major retailers are doing 10 percent off you know, so it's time to buy. Mikado's doing ten percent off. You want to buy, you know, a Neo? Boom, ten percent off. So, for for new stuff, yeah. Um, for used stuff, I don't know. It's really hard to say. Like, I guess when you when you're part of the Facebook, like Facebook is big because I see a lot of deals all the time, and it sucks because Anthony beats me to those deals sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, there's like. You know, like, oh, it's not like I need a helicopter bag, but, you know, when you see, like, a $100, 700 size SAB bag for 75 bucks, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I've seen a lot of good deals, not only on the helicopter Facebook forums, but on, like, the used cars, buy and sell stuff. It's just, 
like people are just like come and get this piece of junk out of my driveway you know and i'm like oh wow yeah just some really good deals i mean to to really know what deals to look for you need to know the hobby i think uh, you need to know what things normally go for and and you know what condition of things look like i guess like you know when you're looking at stuff um you know, if, if you're new in the hobby and you're looking for deals, that gets a little more difficult because you just don't know, right? You don't know if it's a good deal or not. You don't know if it's worth the money or the time. Um, so, so that one's kind of kind of hard to say. Um, so does the model fly? When we're talking about buying used helicopters specifically, you know, does the model fly? Do they say, is it for parts? Is it you know, crashed but fully repaired, but then they never flew it again. It makes you kind of think, well, does it really fly? So I don't know. I've, I've, when I was reading this uh, post, he was talking about, well, you know, any person in a hobby, if they're trying to sell something, they would demo the, the heli for you or whatever. Um, I would say, yeah, for the most part, you know, you could probably ask for a short video. Um, I think the 450X is the only helicopter I bought used. And he had a video posted of it flying in his backyard. And, and then I went to his house and picked it up. And he flew it in his backyard in front of me, you know. So I made sure that the heli flew. And, you know, I, I paid a decent, not a, I didn't save a lot. I mean, it's, I, I paid like 420 for it. And at the time, I think it was like 450 brand new. But it had every upgrade from Lynx. Like it was, it was, you know, it was really nicely decked out. And it was, and it came with batteries and everything. So, and he flew it in front of me, you know? Yeah. And it flew great. And then I got it, and that thing was violently wagging like crazy because I had no idea what to do about the tailgate setup. <laughs> it did find the middle of the road pretty good on its own. <laughs> yeah. <upgrades. laughs> For sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. Now, see, that's different than my experience, totally, buying new stuff. I never saw any of them fly. The one, like I said, the one 450, he mm-hmm. told me at the eBay sale, he was, you know, he crashed it and didn't want to fix it and told me what was broken and so I was taking my chance there, but it wasn't it wasn't a lot of money. I didn't think but so. But that's the thing. You were getting it at like fifty like you were getting a heavy discount on it. Yeah. You know, so it's like like we're just saying, like, okay, you know, he bought that oxy, but then you know, after the eighty dollars worth of parts and stuff, it was pretty much brand new. Like that's what kind of was with yours. You you had it. I, th- I mean, I think you need a couple little things, and definitely it was a setup. The setup was a mess. Um, hmm. Why, did you set that up? <laughs> yeah, I probably did. But, um, yeah, but, like, once we got it set up, it flew, you know? Yeah. And, and you've passed it on to the next generation of helicopter pilots, you know? <laughs> Dude, Muse is still flying that. And he's still flying it, He's still it, flying yeah. it with the canopy I had on it and everything. The blades, yeah. I think, I still yeah. have uh, yeah, yeah. This is a tough one because it's kind of buyer beware. You know, if you're buying right. an airframe only, you don't know what shape you're getting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have to do due diligence when you get it, go through the whole model. But for me, it's a little easier in my situation if I'm selling because I'm a known pilot. So chances are, person, right? chances, yeah, chances are if I'm selling it, I've I've got unboxing videos. I've got flying videos. Like the 570 I sold Kevin, I literally two days before I – took the servos and stuff out i had just done a flight at the park so you guys saw me flying it um mm-hmm. i've gone as far as you know this day and age who doesn't have an iphone um i think two helicopters ago i think it was maybe 
I don't know if it was a 380. I sold a Javier, but it was, it was one of my customers. And mm-hmm. I went as far as FaceTiming them, going through the entire helicopter, showing them how everything works. I've sent uh, video clips. I've sent pictures to people. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the One of those big scale helicopters. I met the guy through a forum. He actually stumbled across my website. And he was from New Jersey. And you know, buying a big scale helicopter, you're not talking you know hundreds of dollars. You're talking about thousands of dollars. Right. So for him right. – um, I actually went out to the field with my dad. I timestamped the video, said, All right, you know, you know, Big Al, this is your helicopter. I'm gonna do a demo flight for you before I put your equipment in it. Did you hold up a newspaper like a ransom? <laughs> nah, not not that far. But that he, knew, funny. he knew he knew it was a modern video because I'm talking right. directly to him. Sure, right. So, so <laughs> I was able to do a whole demo flight. Once he realized, okay, I'm legit, he researched me. Hmm? Sight unseen, he sends me his radio, his flybarless system, his batteries. So he sends me, you know, thousand dollars worth of his equipment. I right. set it all up for him. That was part of the deal, and I made a follow-up video saying, "Hey, here's your radio. Everything's set up." And at that point, it, it's just nice use the technology we have. And who right. doesn't have a camera phone? You know, right. a smartphone, right? Right. So this kind of goes into the next question: is your feedback, right? Like, you you go on eBay, you have feedback. You go on the forums, you have the traders' feedback. You go on uh, Facebook, and now people are posting feedbacks about their buying experience from other sellers. So how important is feedback? It's huge. And that's where we kind of come into what I said earlier about doing your research. Mm-hmm. Because at the same time, you want to be buying from a legit seller. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, are you selling to a legit buyer? Because the guy I sold the Pantera to, he had, you could tell, he like literally, this was last week when I sold it, he joined uh, Helifreak three days prior. So am I getting scammed? Is he going to send me fake money? So... Right. I did research on him. I found it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I didn't want to just call him right out on a deal. We talked about it more, and he seemed more legit. And so I finally came out and said, hey, why why haven't you really posted much? You know. And I was honest. I said, guys on the forums don't like buying or selling to people who have no feedback, who just joined you know, weeks ago or months ago. And he's like, well, I'm, I've been active in a plane hobby. I'm kind of getting back into helicopters. I've got the Blade 230. So once we talked more, he sent me pictures of his fleet. And then I kind of – I even went as far as you know, checking him out on Facebook. Is he really – he says he lives in Florida. That's where his – if he's on RunRider, says he's from, you know, Orlando, Florida. If I find that guy on Facebook, oh, that's his name. He lives in Orlando, Florida. Now he mm-hmm. seems legit. You see a picture of him flying. So Okay, yeah. Fee- feedback, it's just like buying anything on even on eBay. You know, you don't yeah. buy if, – if they've got – if they sold 100 things and they've got 20 negative feedback, yeah. run as fast as you can. <laughs> yeah. But someone like me who's been on eBay since the beginning, you know, 3,000 feedback with maybe one or two negative experiences, yeah, that, that's that's huge. And yeah. RunRider and Halifreak make it really easy because once you do a transaction, you usually ask the buyer or seller to leave you some type of feedback. Right. So that's, so the forums makes it easy. Look for their feedback rating. Do research. When did they join? You know, some people who don't know me mm-hmm. say, well, how, how can I trust you? Well, perfect. My name's Chris Reibert. Here's my website. Google my name. Right, and right. look at look at RunRider and Helifreak. I, I've joined since 2006. Go through all my posts. I'm not here to screw somebody. Right. I'm here to sell something legit. I remember go back to 2007, 2008. They didn't know me from from a stranger next door to them. So it was, it's hard when you're first – I go back – it was funny. I go back to my first post on, on um, RC groups. And the crap the guys would give you on the forums, like, oh, why are you get, you you just joined last week and you're trying to sell something? Well, yeah, how else can I sell something if I'm, I'm not a member? Right, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, feedback's important. Um, definitely leave feedback. Like you know, every time I, I 
I try to buy something. You know, if I buy something, especially on Facebook, I've been using Facebook a lot. I don't keep on bringing up Facebook, but I buy something, I snap a picture of what I've got and, you know, give a positive, neutral, or negative review depending on my experience with the person. And, you know, well, and Steve, I, I well, think Steve, other look people at, see look, that, look, right? Yeah, well, Steve, look at our experiences. I mean, before we even got close, you knew me through Anthony. I mm-hmm. sold you a couple things. I didn't. I just sold you stuff through word of mouth, through Anthony and myself and you through text message. Even yeah. though it wasn't even a Facebook transaction, you still got on the buy sell group. Yeah. Just to say you had a positive experience. So even if you're not buying it through that group, if you know they're active on there, yeah, that's huge. Because again, the hundreds of people on there who don't know who I am, right? You you just made me more positive on there just yeah, because yeah. you left that little feedback. I know. And the first thing I bought was like the vegan radio. <laughs> Which is not a cheap thing, you know. It's a, it's a pretty penny you got to drop for something like that. So, and but, even and even not even knowing you yet, I yeah. package that to where I mean, I put it back in the original plastic. Right. Yeah. I mean, presentation's huge. Buying or selling. If you're a buyer out there, or if you're a seller out there, guys, presentation. You know, how would you want something coming to your house? Don't just throw it in a box with a couple peanuts and say, "Oh, yep, buying it's going to make it there." You know. That's the first thing people open, and you're representing yourself as a seller. Mm-hmm. So just take the time to, to package it nice. Yeah, make sure it gets there safe. Or I take think- nice pictures in the ad. Don't don't right mouse click and save the picture of the Blade 450X off the Horizon website. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> get your get your camera. Like I just saw a post the other day, a guy's on Run Rider for like five posts, and no one responded. Hey guys, I'm selling. It was a 600SX. Hey, I'm selling logo 600SX. If you want to know information. Research my name on Google and RC groups to find out more info. Dude, yeah. you're bullshit. You're a scammer. If, if you're selling something, take two pictures, at least two pictures. Don't be saying search me over here or or posting a picture of the, the retail picture from the website no. that, that sells the helicopter. That's For more bullshit. information, check out Mikado USA. <laughs> oh, that, that, like, that, that's bullshit. You're either a scammer or you don't care about the product you're selling enough to take a picture. If you're that lazy to like not be able to even take a picture, how are you gonna pack the damn thing, right? You're just gonna <laughs> drop oh, it his, in the box, you know, like you're saying, throw a couple peanuts in there and ship it out. His post literally had two to three hundred views, uh-huh. not one response. Nobody even gave him the time of day to say you're you're a scammer. Everybody just ignored it, and it's so funny. Nice. Well, I'm from the old school days of eBay, and I know how to leave feedback there. How do you do it with Facebook? Is it is there a like positive, neutral, negative, like checkbox or anything? Or normally you would just post a new like um, and just state like, hey, you know, uh, feedback colon positive for you know like my I think what did I deal with last? Maybe Grant Baker, and I'll say hey, you know I got this off of him. Everything came perfect. Great communication. You know, you know he provided tracking and everything like right off. Just kind of go an overview summary of your experience with the person. And if they're a good person, you're going to leave a good review, so it's not really a big deal. It's just like, yeah, you just write a post. It's not really like a feedback system where it's trackable, where you can be like, oh, how many good feedbacks has this person gotten? Um, but if you're active enough on it, you see the feedbacks. I see other people leaving feedbacks for Grant. I see other people leaving feedbacks for Chris. You know, like you see that stuff because it always comes up in your uh, wall. So, Chris, let me know where I should post that because I didn't post anything. I feel bad. About the whole 570 transaction. And I even asked the guy I bought the icon from, uh, his name, Jamie Baker. I, and I we had a great uh-huh. a transaction. And I and when I got done, I said, dude, I don't even know how to leave your feedback. And he was like, I don't know either. I'm kind of new to the whole thing myself. And 
he was less like you know just just post it on the you know on on his you know post on on the selling of it yeah well two things i've noticed that are good with the, with the facebook one one is you can't leave feedback unless they're an active member in that group because if you go to tag them and they're not in the group they're not going right. to show up so make sure like like steve even though i didn't post it through facebook i'm still an active member of the same four sales group so he was able to just tag my name and, yeah. and, and talk about the experience the other one is whether they're your friend or not if you know about them like if Anthony posts something up, I immediately say, "Great buyer, to, you know, great person to buy." From. Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. Or even if they're not your friend, but you've seen positive transactions with other group members, mm-hmm. just throw a line in there. You know, even if he, you didn't buy from him, if you've yeah. heard transactions through a third party, throw one in there. And, you know, you're not leaving a review. You're just saying, "Hey, I've seen positive. You know, this guy sold yeah. sold a lot of stuff. My friend Bob bought a motor from him. Great yeah. person to deal with." Little things like that are huge when you don't know who you're buying from on the other end of the, the you know, computer screen. Yeah, I, I do that all the time for especially like you guys. Like every time you know you guys post something, and if there's not much movement, if that's not a you know, I'll bump it for you guys and say, oh, trusted seller or or great price, definitely a good deal. You know, like just to help you guys out because I have personally dealt with you and Anthony and and, and a couple of folks on Facebook, and I've had great experience with it so why not what 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 does it take you to just do one bump right okay all right so um what if you get a heli and it's not exactly as you describe like you know it's more parts you need to replace or something isn't exactly how they were describing it they're they're maybe upselling it more um what do you do you know i guess it's well, everywhere, it, right? So yeah, it's it's tough. You know, unless you're using PayPal or eBay as a third party, mm-hmm. you know they've got their disputes. You know, if you get scam, if we're talking scam, you can open up a PayPal dispute mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But if you're buying something off Runrider and it doesn't come exactly like like when I bought one of the logos, it didn't come with a blade holder. I asked him to check. It was in the picture. He lost it. Mm-hmm. I ended up just buying a new blade holder for fifteen dollars. But if you right. find cracked parts or something that's yeah. described. Try to go back and forth. I mean, you can you can beat them up pretty hard on the forums and Facebook if they screw you over, um, which will kind of put the negative light on them future selling. But right, just right. try to come to agreement. No one wants to be bashed because the internet's forever. So try to come to yeah. immediate agreement. For me as a seller, I sold one one of those oxys I bought that I kind of upgraded. Mm-hmm. Well, in my quick haste to pull the flywireless unit out to sell it. When I turned it sideways, either A, I stressed the frame a little and, and put a crack in it, or the postal service didn't like me and decided to step on the box. Either way, um, my buddy in Vegas, Rob, bought it, and he goes, he goes, oh, everything came out great. Everything is described. I can't wait to fly it, but I noticed there's a stress crack in the back of the frame. I'm like, I'm like, what? Come on. Send me a picture. You know, A minute later, I got a picture, and sure enough, there's a stress crack. Well, mm-hmm. I want to make everybody out there happy if it's coming out of my – my hobby room. So what I did, I said, before he even see, he goes, it's, it's all right. I'll just order a new frame within two minutes. Boom. I'm on uh, Holly direct. I bought it. I put in his address. I go, dude, new frames coming your way. He goes, why? You don't have to do that. It's just a crack. I'll put glue on it. I go, dude, it's 20 bucks. I don't feel right selling you something, whether I did it or the postal service did it. It's 20 bucks. Right. Yeah. But if we're talking, you buy a helicopter and it's, it's advertised, you know, perfect condition. You've got five cracks in a canopy. Yeah. The tail booms bent. Well, guess what? You need to figure something out quick. So in turn with that, um, I guess with the whole scamming situation too, like I, I noticed when you buy stuff, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, can you send it friends and family? No. And obviously if you're my friends and family, like, of course, like, Chris, 
you know, I consider you a friend, so I trust you. I'll send it to you, friends and family. It's Anthony. I mean, you know, I was making weekly payments to him, friends and family. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, but then you have other people, like, and, and, and I don't know, like, I've done it. You know, I have sent things, friends and family, nothing for anything expensive. It's like 40, 50 bucks, but, you know, it's a risk I guess I take, you know, and I'm hoping, you know, because it's on Facebook, like you're saying, it's so easy to just put such a bad negative light on someone. And it, it outreaches more than a heli group. It reaches into their personal life for their regular friends, right? If you start posting on their wall and stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say because before my thought was never. Never do friends and family with people you don't know. Personally. Don't do friend. Don't do friends and family as people you know because you just lost all your legal battle. Because yeah. doing it as a normal transaction, PayPal's involved, and you can set up a dispute. If you do friends and family, mm-hmm. you've got no backbone to save your butt. So what I do, if they say, "Oh, do friends and family," you know, I'll ship it for free or blah blah blah. I'm not doing friends and family. What what I'm going to do is I'm going to factor in at six percent for PayPal. I'm going to give him more money because you know what? He didn't have to pay that charge, and I just covered my butt legally because I just went through this. Uh, a few months ago with an issue. Okay. And supposedly he was a known scammer. Everything worked out for me. Uh-huh. I was covering my butt. I added in 20 bucks to make sure I didn't get screwed. Now, he was screwing other people on the forums, which suck. Perfect transaction for me. Was it because I'm a pro pilot and he knows not to screw me? Or is it because I did a legal you know, goods and product transaction on, on PayPal? But right. I say, unless you know the person don't don't save them the 20 bucks or five bucks or whatever it is just tack it in there do it the right way and be safe see and that's another thing i think if if people expect like i don't expect to cover someone else's paypal charge like they should be factoring in that price like, right I, I hate seeing that like oh f- only 200 dollars plus pp plus shipping and i'm like no why don't you just sell it for 250 include the shipping include the paypal so i don't have to do any math i don't want to worry about anything yeah. I always do. I always do free shipping, and it bites me in the ass. That Pantera was. Oh, <laughs> I forgot. Man, I, I forgot. Man, I forgot what it cost to ship. Well, two times last week, my my wallet hurt. Anthony, I gave him the blades and the the canopy. I said free shipping. Anthony, I'll take care of it. Just shipping the blades in a huge ass box, yeah, and then shipping big. the canopy. That was twenty two dollars in shipping. You know what? I ate it. Now the Pantera. That hurt because I gave the guy like a hundred dollars off, and I said, "Oh, I'll do free shipping," thinking it's going to cost me twenty bucks. No, I left the post office forty-eight dollars, and at wow. that point, you can't say anything. But you know what? He's happy. I'm happy. I sold it. So no one know what you're selling. If it's going to be a big model, and you get because it ballooned out. I tried to go priority. It ballooned out. I went partial post. It still ballooned out for the extra charge, and then I put six hundred dollars insurance on it. So yeah. Don't don't mess around. If you're selling something, like you said, factor in the PayPal charge, factor in the shipping. I always do free shipping, and I look for that. If I'm buying something, I look for free shipping because yeah. I don't want to be screwed and say, "Oh, guess what? It costs you fifty bucks. It, it comes to your house. You see a twenty-two dollar label on it. You're pissed off." Right. Right. Yep. So okay, you buy a heli. It's as exactly as it's described, you know. But you don't know the seller. You don't really know. Maybe they're not a pro pilot or they're not well-known in the community. Um, what do you do? Do you just take your your torques, you know, your hex drivers and go over every bolt? Or do you actually tear down the whole thing, rebuild it um, as if it was a kit? Every situation is different. Obviously, I sold the, the 570 and 700 Kyle Stacy. You boys knew it was from me. So you guys just put your equipment in it and flew it. 
Um, my logo 550 I bought off my buddy Ron, that thing was cleaner than if I took it out of a box. I literally put my equipment in it and flew it two hours later. Um, the Blade 480, I bought that used. It was in decent shape for that. I just torqued you know, the specs on all the screws, put my equipment in it, and flew it. Um, what was the other one? Oh, that's so the Oxy 3. Now, in that case, because it's such a small helicopter, mm-hmm. I sent you guys before and after pictures. It, it depends. Now, that model was beat, and I knew the parts it needed, but then I was worried about other parts. So what's an extra two hours? I literally took every nut and bolt off that helicopter. Mm-hmm. I, I used the, um, the alcohol on every screw, and I basically rebuilt it like a kit. And what's cool about that is it might take you more time, but mm-hmm. guess what? If you had the manual, you just you now know every nut and bolt is on the helicopter, and you didn't skip that. The, you're so excited to fly it, you don't check that one part. Well, guess what? One screw will put your helicopter in the ground faster than you can get into a hover. Yeah. Yep. So I guess it's all personal preference. Is it is it stated new? Is it stated never flown? Mm-hmm. Low hours? It's it's going to come down to what what you feel. Like Kevin, even he, Kevin's talking about multiple times. I even told him this is my baby. It's got, you know, less than 25 flights on it, so on and so forth. But pretend it's a new kit. Go th- Even if you don't take the screw out, go through and check every screw as if you're the last one that touched it, you know? Right. Yeah. Definitely did that. And uh, my experience with Anthony's 380 was, uh, was I don't even know what the hell I, I I put in an icon. I think that was it. Yeah, you just. Everything else was. Added your fly bros and flew. Yeah. Yeah, and that thing's been fantastic, man. And even if you're not going to do a full rebuild, even if you're just tightening the screws, if you have the manual with it or you can download a manual, mm-hmm. even if you're not picking up a hex driver, go through every page because even if you're not rebuilding it, you're knowing if you've never flown that helicopter like like Kevin, he he never knew what, he knew he wanted a 570, but he didn't know what part of the transmission was this, what how tight should that belt be. So even if you're not picking up a tool, Go through every page and mentally build it as you're looking it over because now you're learning every part of the helicopter what to look for if something does need to be replaced. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for me, um, if I were to, like, when I bought the 450X, he says he flew it in front of me. I basically just bind and flew it. The Beast X? Yeah, the Beast X, you know. <laughs> the AR7200 Beast X. Um, I just basically, you know, because I knew he flew it and I saw him flying it harder than I was going to fly it. I was like, yeah. It's fine. And then when I crashed it, then, you know, you have to basically tear down the whole thing apart. So that became uh, pretty fun there. All right. So I think that's it for the topic. Is there anything else you guys want to add? Well, one last thing, this question we skipped over was, do you know the heli? Um, I see a lot of guys constantly on the forums asking me a question. Man, I, I love that new logo 550X you got or SX you got. You know, should I buy one? Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it the right heli for you? And what do you know about the helicopter? I've seen – you look at the fun flies. You know, years ago it was Thunder Tiger. Then it was a line. You look at a fun fly now, it's almost all goblins. Now, do you go out and buy that because that's a cool, hot thing to buy if you're coming from a, a Blade 300? Probably not. You should probably jump up to a 500. So that poses a question. Do you know the heli and should you really be getting into it? Black Thunder. <laughs> Black Nitro. <laughs> Black Nitro. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it depends, I think, on on the person and the support you have, right? Like, you know, we, one of our friends bought Anthony's Goblin 500. Is he ready for a Goblin 500? I'd probably say no, but he will be probably, you know, maybe a month or two. 
is he okay waiting a month or two to get his confidence and skill level up? Yes, he is. Then sure, go for it. You know, get the deal while you can. But um, definitely, yeah, know what you're buying. Don't don't spend a lot of money on something that's over your skill level. You know, because if you crash it, like you know, crashing a goblin, it's gonna be expensive. It's not, you know, and we don't want anyone to get deterred off. Like, oh man, I spent eight hundred dollars on this thing, and now I crashed it. It's gonna cost me another three hundred. Like, yeah, you don't want to just dis- get discouraged, right? Which is easily done if you keep crashing something you shouldn't be flying, and you're spending all the money to put it back together each week. Yeah. So let's move this on news. News, news, news. Do we have any news? Just that the VTX blades are coming out in a few weeks. Ooh, a few weeks, huh? Wait, so the 717 you mentioned, would that fit on my Goblin 700? Yeah, so they'll actually fit on my 690. So if you want a floaty machine with better disc loading, you'll jump up to a 717. I'm dying Um, to try 710s on my, um, you know, 700 because I'm running 690s and I feel like I hear that seven tens or the you know it's the shizness like it's gonna change the disc loading so much on my heli it's gonna feel great, but I was thinking whoa seven seventeens you know the freaking shizness <laughs> yeah that <sighs> is that like the business <laughs> but it's the shizness now um I was gonna get a pair of uh zeals seven ten energies because you know. I'm a Lynx guy now, I guess, so it's like, you know, I could probably get a decent price for it. But I, I wouldn't mind trying those VTXs if they're coming out soon. I think it would be uh, interesting to to try something that unique in that new engineering, the new design, because that's that's real unique, you know? Yeah, you'll see you'll see the 697s and the 717s in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Like I said, jump on Facebook and try to get in on the giveaway. Yeah, definitely. Um, and as far as the 477s I was testing... They're, they're still in the beginning beta phases. I, I think I was the seventh pilot, and now they're in Mirko to Cessna's hands up in Italy. I was talking to my guy in Mikado, USA. It looks like their their target market is August, September for the release of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the market's going to get flooded pretty soon here with the, the 700 size blades. Right. Well, yeah, so maybe I'll try a set of that. I, I want to definitely try a set of Cyclones because... Um, they just sound cool, and they look cool with the, the flared ends. Yeah, I, I think that's one of my next things I, I want to do is start trying out different blade manufacturers and stuff. Oh, I do have news. I just remembered. SAB is releasing their own line of batteries. Oh, really? I, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that post on uh, Facebook. There's not much information on it. They, they have like their competition line, which I believe is 70C battery packs. And then they have like the regular line for, you know, just flying, sport flying, 3D flying, which I think are at like a 40C or something around that. I'm, I'm, don't quote me on it. But, um, I mean, do we know any information on this? I mean, is it is it rebranded battery packs with just SAB's quality control? Or is are they like, you know, outs- like sourcing their own manufacturer, getting, you know, actual battery packs that their specs made? I haven't. I don't know any information yet. Yeah, I guess we'll. I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, once they start coming out and start. You know, people start doing IR testing on it, do actual capacity tests and see. You know, actual C ratings to see. Um, yeah, how they perform. But yeah, that's new on the market coming soon. I guess to be continued. Yeah, well, Steve. Going back to your blade, our blade conversation. Uh huh. I'd say once they're available, jump on a set of the six ninety sevens. 
you know, I was worried going into the beta testing part of this for the guys. I'm like, man, you know, I'm worried. Am I going to feel a difference? My my flying style is more of the you know the the sport flying for the you know everyday guys and the smooth 3D. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. a smack pilot, so I'm not going to catch every flaw I'm supposed to be looking for as a test pilot. So sure. I was I was extremely worried, and I was blown away the first day I had them. I did the back to back testing videos. I did four flights. Mm-hmm. on set ABC of the beta blades and I compared it to my edge blades which were kind of my control blade I was blown away and so giddy that my flying style I could finally feel a difference and you will feel it even if you're a sport pilot because I've never done back-to-back testing I've bought zeal blades I've bought rail blades and I can right. tell a difference but I couldn't definitively put a you know finger on what exactly I'm feeling I just mm-hmm. know I liked how the rails flew because they're more smooth they didn't you know it didn't have as much collective bite as like the edge blade. And um, so it was an exciting experience. I definitely recommend the guys out there spend some money and do some testing. I, I just cut those zeal four eighties. The VTX had to go to another pilot. And when I crashed, mm-hmm. I broke the, the edge blades. So I said, you know what? I'm doing my new red color combination. Let me try the energy blades. I'll tell you yeah. what, they, they fly decent, but coming from the VTX, uh-huh. As cool as they look with my color combo, I ordered a set of switch blades today just because feeling a difference now that I that I can put a finger on what I'm looking for. For me now, I, I don't like how the, I like to have the zeals fly on the, the oxy, but for uh-huh. the 480 in my flying style, it doesn't meet my criteria anymore. So so it's weird. I, I, we got to do an episode on blades because I feel like there's so much stuff we can talk about and we go so you know long on that, make a whole show about it, but um. Like I had the Zeal blades on my 380 ever since I had my initial crash with the 380, um, going away from the 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 SAB black lines, and I couldn't tell the difference at all. I know you're telling me to do the 697s. Is seven millimeter gonna give me better disload? Because that's what I'm looking for. I don't think seven millimeters is gonna make a difference, but I think the blade design and the center uh-huh. of gravity. Okay. That's what's going to make a difference. Now, if you go from a 690 to a 715, oh, hell yeah, yeah you're, you're going to feel yeah. disloading. You're going to be able to lower – you can raise your pitch, lower your head speed, and get the same result with a bigger huh. blade. So I, I now that I've gone through this personal experience, I urge guys, if, if you have the money, it, even – I don't know if you're going to feel it in an oxy because we talk all the time. I think you could put rulers on that, and it's going to fly just as nice because it's oh, just yeah. a smaller helicopter. But yeah. if you're – I think now that I've been through it, if you're flying – Find a five. Let's even say a five hundred and bigger. If you have money to buy three different manufactured blades, say Zeal, the stock SABs, and maybe some rails, mm-hmm. buy three sets, play with them, and whatever ones you don't like, sell off. Someone's going to buy them. Um, and, and just because of my experience the past few weeks, I instantly knew two flights in on Saturday. You know what? The energy looked nice, but I don't like how they feel anymore. Right. So just so, buy a few and try it. And and, and you know like. Is the price of the blades directly correlated with like the how great, how much better it is? Because you know, I was looking at switch blades when they first started announcing them, and you know, Burke Hammer's putting those out, and you know, they're they're priced more. Like I was looking at it for the three, uh, my three eighty or my uh, my three sixty CFX at the time, which was running three twenty fives with the the three bladed head, and it was like forty dollars for a set of. Just for two of you know two blades, it's a, a pair for three twenty five. And I'm like, that's twenty bucks more than the line blades that I buy. So 
you know, am I gonna see the performance difference? I mean, not. I'm talking about not not on the oxys. Yeah, you're right. I I have three blades that are all chipped up and all different weights, and they it flies perfect. You know, but um, on the bigger helis, will you notice it? You know, with the price difference, cyclone blades are they're expensive. You know, they, well, again, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't think it comes down to you can't necessarily go by price because it's mm-hmm. not the price; it's it's pretty much the design you're paying for. Right. I, I don't know what the retail price of the VTX is going to be yet, but their yeah. design is unlike any blade on the market, and it's it's their design, their airfoil, their weight. All those factors mm-hmm. together are what's making it different than blade A, B, C, and D on the market. Right. Um, going back to you know other brands, I know some guys RJX. They're a cheaper brand blade. I know some guys who still fly RJX on their 380s and their 500 class models. You look at I love, I love the RJX for 325 millimeters. They're yeah, good. everybody's got their own. It, it depends on your flying style and what you're trying to get out of it. If you're a sport pilot guy, that's why I was so worried going into the testing. Being my flying style, I go, mm-hmm. okay, I've never noticed a difference in the past. I buy whatever looks cool on the model. You know, if, sure. if I'm doing this color scheme, that blade looks right. cool. Um, you look at, like, the guys in RC Heli Nation. Jesse's talking about the testing he's doing on the new uh, the YS motor. His right. control blade, he still, even though he's not flying Compass anymore, him and Nick, that was one of their favorite blades, and they keep going yeah. back to it. Not because of the price, because there's something specific about that blade style that they, they can reference. Sure. Yeah, I mean that's a, this is a topic that I don't know nothing about. I need I I've never tried any other blades but Zeal and the SAV ones that came with my Goblin. So it's like, yeah, I definitely want to explore that option. I know I've tried Lynx plastic blades. Yes, I've tried those. <laughs> You've tried those, and I've been the crap out of them. <laughs> I don't consider myself a, a hard 3D pilot in any way. I, I I don't understand how anyone who is a hard 3D pilot could fly with those. Well, I want to I want collective that. management. I wanted to ask Chris uh, before we got off the blade topic. Um, Chris, were you testing any prototype blades that didn't make it to the market, or was it all like just marketable stuff they they sent to you guys? I was a little confused at that when you first started talking about it. Well, no, it's actually three. It's so it's the same airfoil design, but what they did was they changed the weight and the center of gravity. So out of those three sets, they're taking the feedback of all eight of us pilots. They, so. One blade stood out more than the next, and they didn't tell us what blade. They just labeled A, B, C. So between you take the stats and the results from all eight pilots, and we kind of all had the same answer to what blade we liked the most. So they're going to take the best results, and they're going to market that one blade size for the 477. Oh, awesome. Like like SAB, they'll have like a 700-style blade. They do the 2D, the 3D, and they do different models of that. Right. I don't know what avenue BTX is going to go down. But I know that what they were looking out of us was if you had to choose one blade to go to market with, what would it be and why? And we had our pros and cons of all of them. And it sound again, they didn't go into details, but it sounds like we were all choosing the same blade. So I think it's just going to be the one set. And the one set that, that I loved, even after testing, they gave me three more days because I didn't have to send them out to Italy till this week. So after I found my favorite blade, now that kind of the testing was done, the comparison – I put probably five to six more flights on just that one set, and it it, it was cool because I found my favorite. Now I got to actually open like, – I did a, two more videos after testing was done to show you, okay, I'm going to put it to the test. And my flying style changed, maneuvers changed, and then when I went back to a different blade, I was like, um, okay, when can I get these blades back? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, they'll, they'll be available in August or September. I'm like, okay, 
Nice. Cool. See, it's, it's, so they're all, they all look the same. It's, it's the mechanics you're changing inside the blade. Right. And, and I guess center of gravity and weight is huge when it comes to blade design. Yeah, and, and off different styles of flying too, right? Because speed blades would have a different CG than regular 3D or smack blades. So, Absolutely, yeah. and, that, and that's what's cool. When I did, when I'm, I did my testing, I wanted to be as prepared as possible because I have never done mm-hmm. it. So I had a set list of maneuvers, um, right. cyclic, collective input, speed. I went as far as milliamp consumption. And if you look mm-hmm. at that one video, I tr- it's, it's hard not being a 3D pilot who has a routine. I tried to stage every flight the same. Um, so that I could physically feel it, hear it, and see mm-hmm. it. Um, and it was, it was definitely cool because you could tell in a video that it made a different sound. But for me as a pilot in my stick input, mm-hmm. oh, it, it was night and day. There's one set particular without getting into details where if I'm doing like tic-tacs or, plunch, or collective punch-outs, mm-hmm. when I was flying the set I liked, if I was dumping full cyclic to do a tic-tac yeah. with this one set that I was flying – maybe half to three quarter input and I could do the same, same maneuver, but less inputs on the sticks just because that blade took the inertia that much better. Yeah. Yeah. Just switch back and forth quicker and stop quicker. Yeah. So it's, it's wild. I never realized the blades, the blades are the heart of the helicopter. It doesn't matter your power system. It doesn't matter your batteries. I really never kind of grasp how much that disc makes a difference in, in the characteristics of the helicopter. Oh man. Now you got me like really wanting to buy a set of, New blades to try out, <laughs> but uh, we will see. Uh, you said a couple of weeks of VTX. Let's let's see the pricing on it. Um, that's made by Mikado, right? Not made by, by Mikado. They're gonna they're gonna ship them with all the Mikado kits, mm-hmm. um, but they're a completely different brand. Brian Burrow, kind of the new founder behind Mikado USA. It's his own venture. Um, okay. So it's it's not related. Mikado's name is not on them at all. Like it, okay, it, if it goes as planned. It will be re- they'll be replacing the rotor techs first. It used to be the edge blades until they went out of business, and then uh-huh. they started using uh, rotor techs from FunKey. Um, so it's, it's just if it works out, they'll they'll replace all their as kits more kits get produced instead of the rotor techs. It'll be the VTX in, in all their Mikado kits. Okay, yeah. So we'll see what the price is on that. I got I got a couple of blades in mind I want to try. So we'll see. All right. Cool. Sweet. So uh, let's move on to what's next for you in the hobby. <laughs> what's next for you, Steve? <laughs> you go this time. Flying, 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 flying. I just want to fly my helis, man. I don't even, like, I, even last week when I flew the plane, yeah, that was cool. And you're like, that's the longest I've seen you fly, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the most airtime you've gotten. But, um, it was like nah, five minutes. I just, yeah. <laughs> I just want to fly. I want to keep flying. I need to work on a routine. Uh, I got a new video I'm going to post up tonight to share with you guys um, and and everyone uh, with my a Goblin 700 flight I had last this past weekend. And like it's starting. Like I, I have a routine. Like every time I start a flight, it's starting to start the same way. I'm starting to develop a little routine. But I mean, I have no idea. Like I'm just okay. I'm going to do this, 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 and hopefully it'll work. <laughs> But, like, you know, a lot of times I bail out from the routine. But, anyways, I want to just practice. I want to practice. I want to fly, fly, fly. That's my goal. You sound like me. When I'm, when I'm actually flying the helicopter, a lot of times I'll be like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. What's going on? <laughs> but it looked cool. You know what's not next for me in my hobby? I think I'm not going to be building a custom plane for Flight Fest. I don't think it's going to happen. We want. Yeah. I, I don't want to say for sure. I still have a, a month and a half. 
to really light the fire under my ass and get this going, but <sighs> I love my helis. That's cool, man. I tell you, it's... All it, you haters thinking that I was going to quit helis. Dude, it's been a month at least building the small one. I think at least. And it's yeah. just the building and the testing and the... Ugh. I'm looking forward to actually next year where I'm not going to do this. Where I could just yeah. fly the stuff I have. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's taking a lot, man. You say that now. I say that now. I'll probably say that then. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. What about you, uh, Kevin? I'm going on vacation. The, the only flying I'm going to be doing is flying down to Florida. Nice. Right, uh, cool. Yeah. And then I'll be doing a lot of, like, I don't know what, just hanging. Hanging with family out there? What are you there? guys doing? Just hanging. Yeah. Uh, going to see my daughter. Nice. Which will be a lot of fun. And my mother. Which, you know, I only get a chance to see my mom, like, once every year if I'm lucky. And, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you love the woman because she's your mom, but. After you're there 15 minutes, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm almost ready to go. <laughs> I need a vacation from vacation. Right. But she's a pisser. She's, God, she's like 72, still working, still doing her thing, and still still on the go, moving, doing everything. Awesome, man. Yeah, meanwhile, I'm falling apart. So that's it. That's what I'll be doing. What about you, Chris? Well, it's going to be a busy week with family and work events, so I don't know if I'm going to uh-huh. fly this week, maybe Saturday afternoon, but um, my fleet's stable, so like you, charge, fly, charge, fly, but the yeah, thing man. I'm really excited most about is, you know, I come on the show as kind of the self-proclaimed heli guy, but I can't be more <laughs> excited about getting this Twisted Hobbies Velocity. I mean, even Kyle, you know, he goes out there every weekend with his, his uh, goblins, but like this weekend, he flew more FPV in his airplane than he did the helicopters. So just after flying my dad's 3D airplane this weekend, I'm excited to get a plane built. I'm excited to show you guys, you know, what I can do when it comes to an airplane. So um, Kit nice. should be here Thursday. I don't know if I'll have time to dive into it this weekend, but definitely the second I have a free hour, I'm going to get that thing unboxed and start the build. Nice. So so second you have an hour, you're going to unbox it and build it, and you'll be ready to fly. <laughs> Those kits go together pretty good. Pretty quick. Okay, two hours. Two hours. Boom, done. I don't remember. Did that thing have landing gear on it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, I think it's carbon fiber struts. Oh, man. Wheel. Yeah, it's, it's, got, it's got wheel pants. It's going to be perfect for a new runway. The freaking beaver that I have, I laugh like an idiot while I'm just doing silly things See, with that thing. I love the beaver's landing gear because it's so, like, I don't know. It's just so robust. You could drive that through grass or anything. The pits... That landing gear sucked. Yeah, the pits was the pits. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. bad. But, I mean, it was a great plane, you know. Not for me, but it was a great plane. Uh, but the landing gear, is just, it, it didn't hold up on, like, AstroTurf at all. That's where it basically started ripping apart for me. All right. Let's do the wrap-up, Kevin. All right. I checked Podbean and didn't see anything new. But uh, I think we just have new listeners in the same areas. Yeah, yeah. We're steadily growing in the same because for the most part, have hit most of the states, right? I mean, yeah, I think there's like four states we haven't hit mm-hmm. in the continental United States. I know we haven't hit Alaska or Hawaii. Right, right. Hey, I want to say thanks to everybody that's listened. I mean, thank you very yeah. much, wherever you are, for listening. Definitely, thanks for listening and continue to listening. Yes, to ramble about stuff. I for, I forgot something coming up in the hobby. Oh yeah. So other than building the Velocity, 
I need to choose which helicopter I'm taking on my family vacation for the first annual free fall heli fun fly. That's coming up in a few weeks, guys. Yeah. So I know you I know you mentioned you're like, oh, you know, because you know, like you're traveling, you know, spaces could be at a premium, you know, that you were gonna do an oxy, but are you can you can you fit something bigger? I, I well, I could, but now I'm bringing the, the sport cup for Anthony, so that's gonna be piled on all our luggage. And Anthony but had a good point. Way, though. <laughs> that's a freaking I, I, plane. I don't know what I want to bring because anything I want to bring, Anthony has it. So really, I can just fly his stuff and make sure I have a pocket full of cash in case I make a dumb thumb. Uh, so I don't know. Right, right now, I think if I if I want to put on a decent flight for the guys, you know, I can I can fly Anthony six ninety or seven hundred, my old machine. Yep. <clears throat> right now, I think I'm wavering bringing the, the logo five hundred because I've got uh, four packs for it, and I can throw it right in the back seat under where the kids' feet are in the car seat. So I think it's going to be. Okay. The logo 500. Um, it's not worth bringing the oxy. I, I mean, I, I have a ton of batteries for it, but yeah, but you can't put on a decent show with the oxy. 690 is definitely out of the picture. It's way too big. Um, mm-hmm. And then a 550. That's that's my baby. Yeah, I mean, there's not a mark on that, and I don't want to risk some one of my kids stepping on it or a toy falling on it. So mm-hmm. I think if I I'm definitely bring an A heli of my own, I think it's going to be the the. Um, Logo 500. I think I might get a few more packs. I'm not sure. I'll I'll, br- I'll definitely bring my one field charger with me, my smaller one. So okay. I think I think the logo 500, no logo 480 with four batteries is plenty because I'm gonna be chasing around the kids all day and trying to fly. Yeah, I mean, and we got plenty of chargers. I got a charger. Kevin got a charger. Our friend Rick, you know, will definitely let you use a charger. Like we have we have chargers. So even if you didn't want to bring a charger to save on some room, you know, what what do you run? Oh, you run EC5s, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I know Rick definitely has the adapters, and we can borrow that from him if if we need to. So, um, yeah, if space is really at a premium, don't even worry about a charger. We have generators and everything, you know. Well, that's what that's what I'm thinking. The 480 because I, I love I love how it's, uh, that's the most comfortable helicopter I've been flying lately with all the testing mm-hmm. I've been doing. So I think the 480 is perfect. It, it's it's a good demo helicopter, and if I if I end up doing like a noon demo or something. I think I'm going to jump on uh, my old 700 or, or uh, Anthony should be done with that logo. I'd really like to do a demo with a logo 690 because I've been really comfortable with that. And sure. and what's nice is I can use my own radio. I can, I can plug in a helicopter, yeah. hit bind, and bind. 20 yeah. seconds later I'm using my own radio. So yep. definitely I think it's going to be the, the logo 480 and then do a demo with either my old 700 or the 690 from, from Anthony. Mm-hmm. We're, we're excited though. If you want to fly anything I have, you're welcome to. We can fly either Oxy or the 380. Well, I think uh, yeah. I think you should uh, get that 570 going so we can play with that. Well, that's going to depend on – I should be able to order batteries as soon as I get back, but I don't know when I'm going to see Anthony. I'm telling you, just give me the money, and I'll get the batteries for you, and I'll get the servos for you. I'll see Anthony. Well, dude, if we... you see him, yeah, grab the servos from him. Well, batteries, batteries. If it's the same connector, you can use either Steve's or Anthony's. As far as the servos, just go to one of Anthony's next uh, FPV races and get them from the him there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's coming that's where co- coming to a parking lot near you. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. If you see him, Steve, because I'm probably not going to be at the field this weekend or next weekend. Right. So if you see him, yeah, just grab him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And even if you don't fly it, get it. I'd love to see the new combo. So even oh, okay. if it's not yeah, ready, I want to see it. Yeah, bring it, bring it out. I'm, I'm dying to see that orange with a three bladed head and stuff. I think it's gonna be really sharp. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And and of course, Chris, you can fly anything I fly. Um, I'm I'm Neo for the most part, V bar. So you can pretty much fly anything and bind to it. 
Go for I'm it. I'm excited. It's going to be – you guys have never put on a show. It's like a wedding. You know, it's all this this hassle leading up to it. Right. And it's going to start, and it's going to be 6 o'clock, and you'll be like, oh, I flew twice, and I talked to people all day. So definitely – I can't wait. Take every minute yeah. in because it's it just like a wedding. It goes by so quick, but – even with a family there to distract me, I, I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. My wife's excited. Haley's excited. So it's going to be a great awesome. time. Nice. Nice. All right. So uh, Facebook likes. We are at 182 likes. Oh, we're so close to 200. Let's go over some of these names here. Oh, wait. These are from last week. Okay. I got the list in front of me. Oh, boy. <clears throat> so we got Anthony Minichino, Darren Woolsey. And Andrew Woodvine, Woodvine, sorry. I think the rest of the names we said last week. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know, dude. That's your department. Yeah, I'm and looking keep, over and, the list. You know. And keep the questions coming, guys. We've been answering some great questions on and off yeah. the, the Facebook page for the past few days. Yeah, you Andrew know, has we, been having a lot of questions about collective pitch and helicopter. Oh, yeah. In general. That's, that's why you guys started this podcast. That's why it came on. Our goal is to help and share the hobby. So, no yes. question is a dumb question, and if we can't answer it, we're going to point you to the right place where the answer is. And this is this is, we love doing this, guys. So keep the questions coming, keep the comments coming. At Christopher Breams, he's he's an awesome dude in my club. He's one of our biggest supporters. He's on there every day, posting or sharing something. So yeah, keep yeah. it coming, guys, and and share, 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 share. Without you guys, yeah. we can't make this grow. Definitely. And if you got show suggestions, definitely let us know. We'll we'll take that. Well, I didn't see anything on Facebook as far as comments other than I know Chris has been – Chris comments a lot. I don't know if you saw anything that stood out, Steve no, or, or Chris. No. I know Chris Bream's – you know, it posts a lot of stuff. But I did see some some comments came in through the website, and uh, one was uh, Richard Chung from last week. I, I just sent the stickers out today. I wanted to take time to to say that I sent them out. So mm-hmm. they're they're on their way. But that guy Paul Schwartz uh, asked us a question about the Goblin 380, and this I thought it'd be great to have uh, this question on with Chris yeah. on because he can answer it as well. He writes, um, "Guys, I don't remember if Kevin's gotten his 380 yet, but I know Steve has one, and I have a setup question for you. I finally got around to putting my 380 together. The setup is a Scorpion 3014 900 kV, a Castle Light mm-hmm. 75, a 23 tooth pinion." Okay. 21 tooth stock tail pinion. He says 380 <laughs> SAB or Zeal Energy blades, um, stock tail blades. Mm-hmm. He's got an icon in DX9. He's got it governed and he's got head speeds a 2600, 2750, and 2950. And he says he's getting a tail wag that he can't dial out. I feel like those head speeds are low. I was chasing the same problem with one of my first 380s I had. A uh, couple things I can shoot out there as troubleshooting things to look for definitely it's, it's a nice machine for low head speed and even mm-hmm. the low head speed i flew i was you always up having the tail pulley yeah you got either up the tail pulley or just up your bank one um mm-hmm. even in my lowest head speed for smooth like low head speed 3d my tail wagged and i could never get rid of it until i went up like two three hundred rpm so raise the yeah. rpm see if it goes away if that's the case it's your standard tail wag just because your gear ratio is off and Right. Either you have to mess with the tail pulley or just live with higher head speed. Um, yeah. The other thing I know is a big problem we all had with the 380s when he first came out was, what is it, uh, the tail output shaft 
what are they like? You know the servo horns that click on your uh, balls for your tail blades. What what is that? How's that called? The tail pitch slider arms. The tail pitch slider. Yeah. If you tighten those too tight, you are actually binding it up. So oh, tell so so this is what I recommend: pop off your uh, your tail push rod off your tail servo. Yep. If if you can't move that with your finger perfectly smooth like butter. Loosen yeah. that up or something's too tight. Because if you have a t- really too tight of a ball or if your yep. output shaft's too tight, the gyro's going to be fighting it the whole time because the tail is trying to correct, but if it's not giving it its full deflection, you're yeah. going to get a wag. So so up the, play with head speed first because that's key. Head speed mm-hmm. is huge. So I say play with the head speed. If that goes away, great. You found your problem. Um, or even before you mess with that, pop off the, the servo link off the tail push yeah. rod and just move it by hand. And you literally, moving that screw out, because it should be locked tight in there, back that screw off about an eighth of a turn, and th- that's all it was for me. I, the same thing, I go, what the hell? What's wrong with this helicopter? I went out on the forums, and people said, oh, you have it too tight. And I loosened that an eighth of a turn, and my problem was gone instantly. I had the same kind of tail wag issue with mine when I first came, because I think my kit was one of the first production runs. But certain things weren't lining up, like the frame size and stuff. But um, one thing I noticed about my tail shaft with the tail lever or the slider is that it, it had binding in the slider itself. So I actually sanded mine down a little with some with some sandpaper to kind of yes, just yep, a yep, little yep, bit, yep. just to sand it a little bit enough that there's now that there's no play in it, but it just it moves so much smoother. And then I used some um, dry fluid on it too to help it out. And now it, it moves like butter. It was super smooth. It's I'm telling you, it's it mechanical and electrical gain issues. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what a stiff control rod or link can actually do. Yeah, I had the same so, thing happen on the 180, or it was binding up, and it yeah. started giving me that little tail wag. No matter what I did, it, I couldn't get rid of it. And then I was like, I did exactly what Chris said. I popped the push rod off. I was moving it back and forth, and I was like, oh, it's binding up in that one little area. And as soon as I got that out of there it flew great yeah so that's three good easy things to look for try them out and let us know what how, how you made out because we're curious to know you know what the end yeah. result is so i know in this uh you're copying paste here kevin you know he wanted to know if we're if i'm running a faster tail i'm not running any other tail pulley than a stock one um i'm not running taller uh, longer tail blades i'm running the zeal setup the zeal i think they're 70 mil in the rear and then the 380s in the front like whatever the zeal uh energy set is that's what i was running but my head speeds are way higher than that i think i'm pulling probably about 3500 when i last recalled because i was running 400 percent flat curves so i think it was like 3500 on the on the bank three and then uh 200 increments from there or, or so when i set up my castle gov I will know for sure when I switch over to the Neo and uh, the V-Bar Gov uh, once my build is done. But um, if you're running under 3,000, I know you also read, you know, you said that you read that going a 22-tooth tail pulley is recommended for uh, head speeds below 3,000. That's that's a cheap and easy way of, of trying to because I think a tail pulley is like 20 bucks or less. You know, but definitely make sure mechanically there's zero binding in, in the whole tail system. Uh, make sure there's no slop in your tail servo, you know, and there's no binding in your ball link and your um, the the ball and the ball link. 
because that would also cause a little like you know you're 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 basically your tail servo will be lagging because it'll be trying too much to force the mechanical binding that it's it's seeing. So, um, but definitely, I mean, also try running a little bit higher speed. Try thirty one hundred and see what happens. If it's gone, then you know it's it's a it's a head speed issue with the amount of speed you're getting on the tail, which means increasing, uh, making the tail spin faster at lower head speeds will definitely help that uh, issue out too. So yeah, you also said uh, you hoped our fun fly was a great success, but uh, you still have a chance to come to it because we haven't had it yet. It's uh, in June. <laughs> Uh, which is this month coming up june 25th okay so i was upstate over the weekend so checking out the jersey was yeah yeah the the fun fly is in two weeks right so if enter, you're not, enter fun fly commercial now also if you're in the central new jersey area come join us on june 25th saturday at 9 a.m to 9 p.m for our Freefall RC HeliFest 2016, presented by Tri-County RC Club of New Jersey. Spectators are free. You can come. Uh, we're going to have, you know, member pilots, non-members can come and fly. We are expecting to have a pilot's meet around 10 a.m. You do need a valid AMA to fly, and there is a landing fee. For registration and more info, please visit our club website at www.tcrcnj.com. We're located at 306 Old George Road, North Brunswick. Brunswick 08902 if you have a a helicopter so yeah if you're if you have a helicopter or you're interested in watching some helicopters do some insane things come join us or you just want to come out and say how much we suck that too I hate the podcast but I, but I can't stop listening <laughs> if you want to meet you know Kevin and myself Steve and Chris Ryber will be there too so you get to meet him too oh that's right yeah so definitely come out and join us there you go. Bring it out with you. We'll get it flying for you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, we have anything else here? Let's see. We did get an iTunes review. We did. Yes, and you're going to love this one, Steve. Oh, boy. No. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I started reading the first sentence, I'm like, okay, yeah, they're, they're, they're really going to lay into Steve. But he didn't. It's from AOKCPA. <laughs> and he says... Recommended by IP Freely. This is a great podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love these guys. Uh, Many podcasts are struggling to fill the time slot, and when they reach it, they end quickly. These guys keep going with energy. Very refreshing to hear the obvious enthusiasm and passion for the hobby. Please keep it up. Well, thank you. Five stars. Awesome. Thank you. What was his name again? A-O-K-C-P-A? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, CPA. He's a AOK certified public accountant. Nice. All right. Well, thank you for the review. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for all the reviews. Yeah, all of them. Even the one bashing me. It's okay. I could take it. <laughs> Kyle Stacy. Kyle Stacy. Kyle Stacy. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, no! Oh, I didn't mention his name like five times in this episode, did I? No, you didn't mention it once. Kyle Stacy. Kyle Stacy. Kyle Stacy. Kyle Stacy. Jeez, there you go. Is that, that going to be a thing you, now? You met the quota. I bet the quota. Good. All right. So drop us an iTunes review and we'll read it on the next episode. You can email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rc podcast. Don't forget to check our website. Chris works hard to put that stuff together for us. So, you know. Thanks, Chris. Check it out. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Come visit us on the flight test forums where Nick uh, 
will be monitoring that. I haven't been on that forum, man. I was supposed to check. I know he said that um, we got an interesting comment about the last episode. So maybe after the show, I'll check that out. So, yeah, we're located off the field, audio and video production, other than flight test podcast. And you'll see us there, Free Fall RC Podcast. Chris, you want to go over some information on how to get in touch with you? Yep. Just go to my website, 3 dandscalerchelicopters.com. On there, there's a contact us page. It sends an email straight to my iPhone. Um, also links to my helicopter Facebook page, my Instagram page, and my YouTube channel. So that's the best way. I try to have my phone on my hip 24-7. So no no yep. question goes unseen, guys. Just give me a minute to get back to you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely for you know, Kevin and myself, too. When you uh, go to the contact page at freeforestpodcast.com, we both have it on our phones. So, you know, we might be busy throughout the work day, you know, because we do have day jobs. Um, but, you know, we'll definitely try to get back to you, you know, and, and answer any questions, read any comments and stuff. And, yeah. Cool. Sweet. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening and uh, for another episode of our show, Free Arts Guys, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. See ya. See ya. All right. So, dude, Woo-hoo. I was thinking maybe I'll make up a real quick bumper for Chris and just play it at the end of the show also to promote his site. Yeah. I wanted to write that in. And we always forget to mention it. Is that all right? Did you, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I love the fun fight bumpers.